A bunch of Republicans criticized Joe Biden, saying that he was acting like Fidel Castro or something to that effect because of the censorship that the Biden administration is admittedly engaging in. A few things. One, that they're going to be engaging phone companies to censor private text messages. And the other is that they are actually themselves flagging things on Facebook to be removed by Facebook, which is government censorship. Well, recently news broke about something called the Freedom Phone. This is the uncensorable phone. And somehow the media lost, or for some reason, I should say, they absolutely lost their minds. Now, it could just be this is the grift, right? The Daily Beast comes out and says, this phone is a cheap Chinese knockoff. And it's like, do you know that? Or are you just speculating? And then all of a sudden, these copycat articles emerge criticizing the phone with none of these people ever having tested it and no real argument against it, except it's made in China. All right, well, things should be made in China, I guess. We'll criticize things made in China. But does that mean the phone is bad? I don't know. I've not used the phone. How weird is it? And this is this is something that always freaks me out. When a narrative emerges that is definitive, when no one's actually done any legwork on the journalism, no one's done nothing, nothing at all. What, what does the phone do? What's what? Wh- uh, wh- why, why does it cost so much? Why are, were any of these questions answered? No. But sure enough, I can Google it and find like 50 articles claiming avoid it. Don't buy it. It's bad news. And then to see the weirdest thing, people on the right joining in, calling it a scam. And I'm like, dude, none of you guys have actually done any analysis on this device. Isn't that weird that everyone just immediately jumps out in total alignment? Maybe it's a garbage phone. I don't know. How about we get one and we actually start testing it to see if it actually does what it's supposed to do. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about censorship and probably a bunch of other culture war stuff. But we're being joined by the Freedom Phone guy himself, Eric Finman. Hi. Thank you. Yeah, well, we'll 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 we'll, uh, we'll go over all the stories and everything like that. And uh, do you want to just briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm Eric Finman, and uh, uh, I guess my background before this phone project was in the Bitcoin world. Um, the uh, uh, the claim to fame, um, people annoyingly refer to me as the youngest Bitcoin millionaire. Um, and then yeah, I mean, the media was all nice to me when it was just that, and then suddenly I did something that was very pro free speech, and then uh, without ever holding the phone in their hands, uh, uh, you know, no, like. They, they just wrote all these hit pieces and all that, and it was a total smear, um, but yet they all liked me before this. Gizmodo called it a black box that should be avoided at all costs, and I'm like, how did they make that assessment without ha- actually having the phone to do any tests on it? Exactly, and Gizmodo, they never reached out asking for a phone, and uh, I mean, it's 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 terrible, and these people, they don't they don't know anything, and you see, you know, Gawker, you know, who used to run Gizmodo, I mean, they, they're just such a, a, such a smear piece, and then, you know, you see, like, these tech publications, and people think oh well the tech publications they must be credible um but these these are just you know total total uh uh anti-free speech journalists that just work everywhere we'll, we'll get into this we got ian chillins well hello friday everyone. night thanks tim yeah man i'm glad you're here Eric. we um, have been working on the fediverse you know a, a bunch of developers and we we're talking about mesh networking and mm-hmm. the future of internet and how it might be nodal and and delocalized so mm-hmm. i'm excited to in, maybe even integrate that into the freedom phone in the future yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have uh, uh, we have plans to make this so that way we, we you know, literally when it comes with the phone that it's it's capable of being able to do mesh networking in the future, um, and all that because that's that's so needed in in the sense of having a decentralized internet because that's that's my biggest fear is if they somehow are able to uh, uh, prevent us from communicating freely anywhere on the internet. I mean, we're we're screwed. 
Right on. We got Lydia pressing the buttons. I am increasingly uncomfortable with all the monitoring that's being done of normal people, especially in light of like the January 6th interviews and them looking at social media companies and everything. So I'm really excited to have this conversation about the Freedom Phone. We'll see what it's all about and we'll kind of break it down. Stoked. Before we get started, go over to TimCast.com. Become a member to get access to exclusive members-only podcasts from the TimCast IRL podcast. And you also get an ad-free experience. We are working through the bugs, so you know I appreciate everybody bearing with us as we work to make the site better and better and better. In the next week or so, we're going to be launching probably the new show, doing a lot of really great stuff. And it's all thanks to all of you who did sign up. You're allowing us to do more than we ever imagined. So sincerely, so sincerely and seriously, <laughs> not both at the same time, uh, thanks for being members. But don't forget to like this video, share this show with your friends. We're going to be a bit conversational. It's Friday night. You know how it goes. I want to talk about this year, Freedom Phone. Let's do this. Let's talk about this first, uh, this story that comes from the Daily Beast, from the uh, uh, internationally renowned technologist, technical expert, and expert on the far, 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 far right, Will Summer. Oh. I'm kidding. He's, he's none of those things. <laughs> MAGA's, MAGA World's Freedom Phone actually budget Chinese phone. MAGA influencers are pushing a phone preloaded with apps like Parler and Rumble that appears to be a vastly more expensive version of a phone made in China. The first thing I'm going to say to this. Well, actually, the first thing I should say is Will Summer is a political activist. Like, I don't take anything he says seriously, and I don't understand why there are people on the right, people who oppose censorship, who are like, well, Will Summer of all people said it. Will Summer's published false information in the past. Uh, 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 and, and yeah, I'll just leave it at that. The dude is not an honest actor. So why should I care if he's making some ridiculous argument in an article that's clearly an opinion, but not labeled opinion? Because this dude is just trying to probably grift. Now, the thing about the Daily Beast is they smear anybody and everything that's to the right of Stalin. So for some reason, this article comes out, and that's it. Now I've even got people in the chat right now saying it's a cheap Chinese knockoff. Have you tested the phone? Do you know anything about it? I don't, so I'm not going to make that assessment. But I can say a few things right off the bat. First, they say it's a, it's a knockoff of a cheap Chinese phone. Well, obviously, you know, we're sitting here with Eric, but I'll, I'll just say this before we get into it, and I'll, and I'll ask. Let me just say, if... This is the way I described it on my, my on my main channel. First of all, I get it. I haven't tested the phone. We want to do a forensic analysis and go through it. But if I, if someone was selling a Chinese canvas and it was $5, you could buy it and order it off Amazon. And then if Ian painted me a beautiful picture of a lighthouse on a canvas, I would not expect to pay the same price for it. If someone takes a, 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 a phone that costs 100 bucks and then puts a custom operating system on it and preloaded software and provides the service and then charges more. That's just called free enterprise. It's called business. How is that a negative? And it's made in China. What isn't made in China? So these aren't arguments against the Freedom Phone. There certainly are questions and concerns. But uh, uh, we'll start with this. Is it a cheap Chinese knockoff of the Umidigi A9 Pro? Absolutely not. We we customize the phone uh, itself. So that way, you know, it's it's so that that way it was quality. We looked at their uh, looked at looked at the supply chain of the phone of all the parts that come from it, just making sure everything's secure, everything's safe. But no, I mean it's not. And then two, in addition to just it being a custom phone, uh, it's uh, uh, we did our own custom operating system on it too. Is it made in China? Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is you can't make phones in the United States. 
which is terrible. Um, I mean, even Motorola, they put $3 billion into op- opening up a factory back in the day uh, uh, for making smartphones. Um, but, uh, you know. You- but didn't, didn't you tweet that it wasn't made in mainland China? Yeah, yeah. It's in Hong Kong. It's out of Hong Kong. Oh, okay. So, but unfortunately, yeah. that's China now. No, yeah, exactly. And we feel like that was our best option. And I have family out in Hong Kong and uh, and everything. But, yeah, I mean, you still you still get that. I mean, we get our, our – uh, uh, we get stuff, parts from uh, from Taiwan as well, but then yet they still call that China and all right. that. So I mean, it's it's, it's yeah, just, it's China. You know, it's yeah. a special economic zone. Exactly. Is it's made by Umadigi? Uh, uh, we Can get they pronounce some, it? We get, uh, uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, we, we get some of our stuff from UmiDG and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we partnered with them. And, uh, so we, basically we have a design lab in the United States. Uh, so that way we can, uh, 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 so we, we, ba- so I'll go through in the beginning of the process. So we actually wanted to create like a blockchain based phone, which is, you know, a little bit marketing there, but, uh, but my background is crypto and that was the original thinking. So, uh, me and my design lab, which is here in the US, we were like, how do we do a phone? There's template designs of a phone that we could look at. Well, there's other phones we wanted to look at and see what, what can we take the best of everything. Um, and then yeah, we, uh, uh, we ended up putting something together and we tried finding manufacturers, um, in the US to do it, but it was literally impossible. Um, to find manufacturers in the U.S. Like, it, it's just, you know, because of terrible political choices made, uh, you just can't make a phone in the U.S. And you need, like, $10 billion to Apple, they have hundreds of billions of dollars, and they don't choose to do it. They could probably figure out that much money. Well, let's try and get as technical as possible. Yep. Uh, can you, who manufactures the phone in Hong Kong? What company? Umidigi. Umidigi. And, and then we get another factory as well, because, um, I mean, not, not to sound marketing, but we did have high demand, so now we have another factory um, as well, so that way we're manufacturing stuff out of there. But they're both Umidigi? Uh, one is Umidigi, one's another one. Oh, okay. What is that one? Uh, that one, I mean, they just have a long, you know, Hong Kong name and all that, but, uh, they're, they're just basically to carry the demand, um, that, that overflows. But yeah, we partnered with, uh, Umi. Well, can you say what company it is? Uh, no, I mean, they, it, I, I, well, I could, but I don't, uh, I don't remember their name or I, I do remember their name in my head. I can see it, but it's the, that, that's like pretty, a very, it's a very Asian Chinese well, that could be important. I mean, what if it's like a, a known company that works with the CCP or something? Uh, they don't. And we looked into that. So, well. And I guess don't take my word for it. But. Yeah, we can't. I mean, Umidigi is one thing. I can be like, oh, okay, it's a company that makes phones. But now there's like this mystery other company. We don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, they're we they're just an overflow factory that does production and all that. And we, we talked with them. We looked at what they do, and they have no connections to the CCP or anything. Well, that's tough. How are people supposed to trust the phone now if you can't even say where it's made? Um, well, I mean, it's made in Hong Kong uh, and all that. But By who? By who? I mean, Umidigi. And then, yeah, I mean, they're just a, peop- they're just a group of people that do uh, uh, – you know, increase production. The other company. It. Yeah, and then we have representatives like publicly out in Hong known, Kong. and like you can look at the name of the company and all the stuff, and like people, yeah, here, how I'll, people find I'll, out I'll, about that. I'll put it on our website right after this. No all right. worries. All right. Well, um, there you on go. Our, yeah, on our on our spec sheet, we're going to be adding um, you know sourcing of where we get every single part from. Right on. And just to clarify, uh, Apple and Google also make their phones in China, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the real stories, and I, in my opinion, I think Apple chooses not to make their phones in the United States because, uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't have billions of dollars. Like Motorola, they tried doing it with uh, with uh, $3 billion, and they couldn't do it back in the day. Um, and, uh, like, I think they were doing that with the Moto X, et cetera. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Apple, they have tens of billions of dollars. Um, I think it was uh, there was a former president that asked Apple to actually make phones in the U.S. because they, you know, it, it would be like a $30 billion endeavor. 
um, in my opinion, and uh, and they choose not to. So that's I feel like the real story of these these companies is they choose not to make stuff in the U.S. And when you're an upstart and you don't have tens of billions of dollars to be able to like set up whole new brand new factories uh, in the United States, you know it's it's you're, you're screwed. So one of the other things they mention in the Daily Beast article is that there's no specs, but you immediately just put the specs on the website. Yeah, the specs, the specs are on the website, and you can look at them and, and everything. What's the website? Freedom Phone? FreedomPhone.com. So, so feel free to look in the specs and everything. Yeah, I looked at the specs. I'm kind of just like, okay, like there are specs. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. I, I suppose the argument is if people didn't know the specs, they didn't know what they were buying. But I mm-hmm. find that also kind of weird because I'm like – most people don't know what any of this stuff means. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, F8 M- megapixels, R13 plus 2 plus 2 MP. Like, most people are going to be like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. They're going to look at that. They're not know what they're talking about. What is that, R13 plus 2 plus 2? R13, so that's uh, R13. So that's like uh, uh, front-facing camera versus re- and rear-facing camera. So the F is front, R is, is rear-facing. And then plus 2 means that there's two cameras. Plus 2, and there's multiple cameras on the back. So. What do the multiple cameras do? What are they for? Uh, I mean, you know, just I feel these days, because you need phones that work with augmented reality, Reality, that takes usually multiple cameras. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, be able to have, like, depth in your photos. I mean, multiple cameras just all help with that. So, I mean... Zoom in, zoom out. Yeah, exactly. So just being able to match um, uh, uh, the phone, you know, being able to match phones of today with something good and quality. I couldn't help but notice there's no 5G, though. There's no 5G? Yeah, I mean, 5G is just, like, like real, genuine 5G is just in, like, a few blocks and a few cities um, and all that. So, and we... We started on this phone like a year ago. Yeah, you guys were explaining to me before the show that 5G phones are different than the 5 gigahertz network. Yes, yes. That has confused me for years. <laughs> I had no idea until so, tonight. So here's, here's the craziest thing to me is the amount of smear pieces that have, had have, mm-hmm. that have popped up. And that, that right away, I'm just like, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. It's like when, when new phones come out from Google or for, from whoever else, Huawei, Someone will be like, this phone sucks. Someone will be like, well, you know, there's the pros and the cons. I've seen so many tech reviews and I've seen so many devices. To see all of these companies, all these news outlets, every single one line up in lockstep with the advice not to buy the phone, I was like, now that I find very strange considering they've never tested the phone and there's really no issue to be upset with it. Mm-hmm. If the phone doesn't do what it says, it's a phone, whatever. I've, I, I used, I used, uh, I, I've, I've developed a few apps myself with my, mm-hmm. uh, one of my business partners. I've done a ton of work in mobile, hacking phones and hacking other devices, making programs, and I've I've probably owned like a thousand different mm-hmm. smartphones throughout the, the, the production mm-hmm. stuff we've done. There's so many different kinds, and 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 what people got to realize too, when you when you travel, and this is back in the day, they they use different frequencies for all the cell antennas. So mm-hmm. when I would go to like Turkey, the specific frequency I'd have to check to make sure certain devices worked with certain phones. GSM typically worked in most mm-hmm. places, so getting a GSM phone would be okay. But like Ukraine was actually CDMA, so I'd have to go and buy a new phone. And they got phones that you can buy from Samsung in, in Eastern Europe. You can't buy in the United States, mm-hmm. and they're cheap. And anyway, I'm just like, okay, so it's a phone. If somebody wants to buy it because it's got OA on it, and on it or Parler or, or Newsmax or whatever, what's the problem? Now, it could be that all of these news outlets are simply just, hey – there, here's an other. Let's smear them because we'll get clicks. Their audience expects to hate Trump. They called you MAGA world. They're trying to put you in that in that category simply for you know the, the kinds of sites that are uh, or apps that are put on the phone. So maybe it's just a grift. They all decided it's fair game. And they can attack you, and you're not going to do anything about it. And you know what? Hey, the reality is, I think most people. Uh, James O'Keefe is probably the only person who actually does sue for defamation and go after people. Bloomberg and, be, also. and 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 who? Bloomberg. Bloomberg? <laughs> Michael Bloomberg, yeah. I think he sues for defamation a lot. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I'm talking about the right. 
James yeah. O'Keefe's like the only one who does it. Okay, yeah. to be fair, Candace Owens, we'll, we'll talk, maybe talk about that in a bit, just had her, her suit dismissed. But very few people try. And one of the most annoying things is whenever I've dealt with defamation, the advice I usually get from people on the right is just ignore it, blah, 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 because, you know, and I'm like, why? Just sue and make your argument, make a better argument, improve your arguments and find the, the vector in which you can go after the people who are lying. But anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. I want to tell everybody why I think uh, the, the first and most important reason I think Freedom Phone could actually be very, very good, very, very important, and why the establishment is probably coming after you so hard. First, let me say, I have not tested the device. I have not done a forensic analysis on it. I would like to get some of our tech experts to crack it open, go through it, hardware and software, and see if it can actually do what we think it can do. That's no problem at all. There are some concerns about whether or not there will be some Chinese spyware, perhaps, because, you know, it's made in China or whatever. Maybe there's concerns that there's data leakage in some capacity that it's spying on you. Some people are saying it's a honeypot, that the feds are funding this to get all of the patriots to use the phone and they can track everything you do. And I'm like, they do that through Google and Apple. They're called national security letters. (laughs) If you are worried about your phone being spied on, you are literally in the NSA database with your existing phone. They can't get any worse. They're already spying on you. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Why are all these outlets freaking out? Anti-censorship as a service. So when Daily Beast comes out and says, this is a cheap device, it's garbage. When Gizmodo says it should be avoided at all costs, I'm like, what are they really freaking out about? Most people cannot get an Android device, jailbreak it, and and, and flash it with whatever, you know, boot up, whatever uh, operating system they want. I'm seeing a bunch of people on Twitter and they were like, you could just put Graphene OS on it. So for those that are not familiar with this, you know, maybe I don't want to get too jargony. Phones come with the Android operating system. Android phones do. Then usually there's some like skin or bloatware that a company will put into it. So like Samsung has their specific version. You can actually plug it in, hook it up to your computer, erase that and put a fresh, new, clean operating system. And many activists and hackers have created anti-censorship and they've created, you know, free speech and anti-tracking and uh, um, even like uh, even operating systems that erase themselves at a certain period of time. They've created these things to enhance individual rights and, 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 and security. I would say 99.9% of people would never figure out how to do that. I know people like, you, 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 sure, you can pull up a YouTube tutorial, like here's how you make your phone secure and sensor free. All of a sudden you pop up and you're like, just buy this, it's done. So what, where is that, where's that money? So, so they, they try claiming that it's a cheap knockoff. Okay. Well, you've got a custom operating system on it. Mm-hmm. Even if it just loaded up a sensor free store, that'd be worth it. Mm-hmm. An app store that has apps on it that Google and Apple don't like. So if you want to choose what you consume, you can. The reason I think this is so dangerous is that it gives the opportunity, assuming it works again, like I said, I didn't try it. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying the concept, the average person who cannot make a device, can just buy one and have it. And assuming it does what you claim it does, this is really, really dangerous for the establishment that wants to track people. They don't want you to shut down. We already know we got the stupid Amazon robot spying on us. We already know that the smartphones have their microphones on. We know that the NSA is is incidentally uh, 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 collecting all this information. I, should, I shouldn't even say incidentally. Glenn Greenwald exp- exposed X-Keyscore and the things that they're doing with bulk data collection. So if you can buy a device that's not connected to those networks, you're still going to get spied on very likely through just general cell networks, where your phone is, what it's connected to. Let me guys tell, let me tell you guys something. I got an alert on my phone and it said, you know, Maryland tracking. <laughs> How do they know that my phone's in Maryland? 
How, what, because listen, of course they know where my phone is, right? But what gives them the right to share it and act upon it? And that's where it's really weird. My phone number is a New York City number. Mm. I am not, uh, 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 my, my primary residence is not Maryland. I am in Maryland. My phone alerts and says Maryland information on COVID and tracking and all that stuff. And that means that the cell company has given my data to the Maryland government. Or at the very least, the cell company is acting upon my data at the behest of a government program. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I never consented to them alerting my phone based on location in that capacity. But you know what? Amber alerts, presidential text messages, they know where you are. They're tracking you all the time. If regular people can get access to a device that adds even 1% or 0.1% to their privacy and their free speech, that's going to be a real threat to the machine, which is trying to eliminate this ideology, classical liberalism, the right, whatever. If they are slowly eroding uh, free speech, banning people on Twitter, banning people on Facebook, banning people on YouTube, and then all of a sudden someone can just pay money and get a device that immediately puts a halt to that operation— how do, what are they going to do? Send a bunch of muggers to go steal your phone? They can't do that. Mm-hmm. So you look at what YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook are doing with banning hate speech, promising to do more, to clean up and end the rabbit holes. And then all of a sudden you get a phone and you can talk to whoever you want. So like I said, we'll have to actually, you know, before I actually say it's, it's a good I'll device. You, I'll get you phones and you can tear it apart, rip it apart. We've tested it. Oh, but it we're not so going to take on. the phones from you. Oh, well, get them. We're, so what our plan is <laughs> no man, bias then get them <laughs> right so once you ship the phones mm-hmm. we will reach out to people and randomly select phones for testing do it oh yeah perfect yeah that's yeah. perfect not not through you because look if i if i went to you you'd be like oh here's the phone and the then we'd be like this phone. perfect it's yeah. great I want oh phones. you're right you're right attention right. phones yeah exactly no randomly get some and all that happy to put it to the test but anyway when, when we're hearing what what the, what the Biden administration is doing with censorship. Mm-hmm. With the text messages and, you know, like, yeah, I mean, seeing an article come out like right before we launched our phone about how they're pressuring phone companies to, uh, 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 to like get, you know, prevent the spread of misinformation in your text messages. I mean, it's sick. I mean, that, you know, if you're texting your mom or your, your, your father, your daughter, your son, I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible, like what they're doing. Could you I imagine mean, if you were talking on the phone to your mom and then you said something and it just cut the phone off? Yeah, like Twitter, you get a label for misinformation, right? I mean, it's, uh, maybe you get that in text message. You know, maybe you get like a Amber alert while you're on the phone or something. Your I mean, personal phone number. You're talking to your, your, your mother on the phone. And they they blockade you from being able to communicate. Yeah. That's insane. At least they had the decency to lie before and say they weren't <laughs> monitoring you, um, or at least the decency to say it was for your safety. But now it's just so blatant. We've made the argument for a long time that social media networks should operate like phones, mm-hmm. and we would use that point as an example as to how shocking it would be should, should they actually do that. We'd be like, you know, Twitter should be like a, a common carrier. Like, they shouldn't be censoring what I say. Could you imagine if you texted your mom and your tweet, your text got deleted? I mean, that'd be crazy. And mm. now we're here and they're doing it. Yeah. Or at least there's rumors it's happening, yeah, but are... they've stated they are doing it. Well, from the press, you know, from the White House, the press secretary's podium, I mean, that they're saying they're doing it. I mean, it's, right. or they pre- want to do it. They said that they're, they're working in conjunction with like the DNC and phone companies to, what do they say, uh, uh, meet out misinformation huh. mm-hmm. but there have been rumors from people saying that they've tried sending texts and the texts don't go through wow. on, on certain issues yeah but that's something i can't confirm but i don't know if i have to considering the white house says this is what they're doing or at least that, that's that's their intention they're actively working in this direction and they said that they're actively fa- flagging things for facebook mm-hmm. in which case it's happening isn't mm-hmm. it yeah exactly i mean it's it's 
uh, that's the thing is the internet was the biggest uh uh the biggest weapon in the in the fight against um just hoaxes honestly and uh and you know obviously it, it spreads some you know you could but i think it's a net good because you're not able to do hoaxes like wmds in iraq anymore and uh and because of social media and because of the internet yeah but they did russia yeah, they did. They did. So, and I, I think you would have seen the number, the poll numbers on people believing that, uh, way higher if you didn't have the internet. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's, uh, uh, in, a, in a sense easier and harder with the internet mm-hmm. to do these large scale hoaxes, right? They just make a fake video. Mm-hmm. There was a video I covered years ago where, uh, some video footage got leaked and I think it was in Iraq. There was a news report from, <clears throat> I think it was like CNN and the BBC. And they were like, bomb blast goes off, people injured. Mm-hmm. And then someone leaked footage where you see a car blow up and then a bunch of people run into frame, lay on the ground and start writhing in pain. Wow. Wow. So I don't know what that was. You don't know who staged it. For all we know, Russia could have made a f- staged that claiming it was staged by someone else. Mm-hmm. You see the point? Like mm-hmm. you never know who's trying to manipulate a you. false false flag. Exactly. <laughs> a false flag, false flag. Oh, snap. Yeah. You're making me nervous. False flag, false flag. <laughs> How deep does it go? The inception. I don't know where that video is from. You know, you see, you see the car explode. And you see people run up after the fact, lay down, and act as though they were in the blast. Wow. Right? Wow, 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 wow. We don't know what it was from, but it does call into question the initial reporting because the reporting talked about the people who were there in the blast. And then you see the blast, and you're like, uh, well, at least that story is not true. So why is it, why is it being pushed out? The, I say it's easier and harder. It's easier in a sense that you've got to do the hard work of making fake content, mm-hmm. hiring people to run the sock puppet accounts. But then you have a, a substantially uh, larger reach in mm-hmm. terms of that kind of manipulation, you know. I didn't even know what fiat currency was until 2007 <laughs> when I saw Zeitgeist or 8 or whatever. I went to school in the United States, grew up in the 90s and the 80s. We've been on fiat currency since 1970, 71 or something. I, was ne- I never even heard the phrase fiat currency. I was mm-hmm. never taught that, never explained that they can print as much as they want until the Internet. Mm-hmm. And it's they old. found a way to tax you without you realizing. Yeah, it. yeah. and if the internet had not come around and um, op- opportunities like Zeitgeist had not been presented, I would still not know. Probably, it's crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now they're slowly taking those 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 rights and those freedoms away. I mean, look at the internet where it was in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. You could find wacky, crazy oh stuff. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. BangedUp.com. dot com. I mean, you what, could probably what? still find that. It was just dirt, dirty, <laughs> dirty death porn. No, crazy. no, Jeez, yeah, man. but that's exactly the point. I mean, uh, the stuff you'd see on Live Leak. Now yeah, you, you Live t- Leak. But now you t- and, and take a look at like torrenting and take a look at like the height in, the, in ten years ago. Napster. What, what happened with Kim dot com? You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did happen? What went down with that? He had so so. Let me let me break it down for you. The the, the wild west of the internet was. Mega upload was a file locker. You would open you you'd set up an account and then you'd say I want to store my files here just like Google. If you're on Google Drive, you can upload a video and look it's your kids doing it. You run around the yard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can share the link with your friends so they can download it. Mm-hmm. It's an easy way for people to just all download something at once and be sending it to everybody. Well, the problem was people started immediately using a mega upload to post movies and TV shows. And it was just almost like, I think ha- more than half of it was piracy. A lot of people were using it, but piracy. Well, Kim.com, a New Zealand businessman who had, who has never been to the U.S., had like, I guess, U.S., um, I think it was the, the, um, was it the MPAA? Motion Picture Association of America. I could be wrong. But like some American industries and the FBI, I think it was the FBI and New Zealand authorities raid his home and arrest him in like the middle of the night or whatever. He's the super rich guy and they claimed it was like piracy or whatever. 
I t- I interviewed Kim.com for uh, Vice, and he made an, a really, really interesting point because I was like, I was trying to challenge him. I'm like, why wouldn't you take these things down? Why weren't you deleting the movies when they were uploading piracy? And he said, are we supposed to go into our users' accounts and spy on them? Are we supposed to start reading through their file names to see what they uploaded and why? We did take them down. He was like, when we would get sent links and say, this is piracy, we would delete them immediately. But proactively, that would mean someone would would create an account and we'd have to go into their account, look at what they're uploading, and then even watch the video to make sure. Because people can name videos whatever they want. And then he was like, it's not something we could do, but we were actively telling them we will do it. It didn't matter. They came in, they shut it all down. The point of the story is, 10 years ago, the internet was the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Every movie, every show, you could watch anything anywhere. And they've done a really good job doing two things. Shutting all that down, the piracy, and actually making it a lot easier to watch movies, to be honest. I got no problem paying 10 bucks a month so I can get a big library of movies and I have to worry about viruses and garbage links. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where it's like, I'd, I'd see a movie and someone would send me a link and I'd be like, oh, cool, you know, Independence Day and I'd click it. And then it would be some like weird rom-com, like wrongly labeled <laughs> or something. And I'm like, this is dumb. I just want to watch the movie. So they created streaming services. It was a great improvement in my opinion. But the point is what, what happened with the end of the Wild West, how everything became more streamlined like channels, we're seeing that happen now with social media as well. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You know, I really don't like the term piracy when you talk about copying information, maybe illegally on the internet or whatever, but copying information because a pirate would steal your thing. And then you wouldn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. A pirate didn't come and copy it down and then take a copy of it and leave you with your original. Mm-hmm. The pirate piracy is stealing. Making a copy of something is different than that. I disagree. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's completely different than stealing. It's it's. I, I had mean, fr- I had friends who worked in the movie industry who were losing their jobs because they they would they would spend like you know a couple hundred grand on doing like a, lo- a low budget feature. And then it would immediately get pirated. And then they'd be like, guys, we turned zero profit. We can't do this anymore. Sorry. I know people in the trucking industry, they're losing their job. Modern technologies altered the way we communicate. It's, it's not piracy. That's the point. I, I disagree. You can't redefine piracy to make people look like villains and make it seem like they're stealing when they're making a copy of something. It's different. But I think they are stealing. You could argue that because yeah. of copyright law, but that didn't exist until like 1600 or something. Well, Piracy happened after ago. that too. Wow, yeah, <laughs> piracy has been happening for a long time before the, that. I, I was never, I, I, I was never of the opinion that people should be allowed to just copy any bit of information they they, they wanted. In the sense that, like, you don't need to, to give someone. It, it, it's, it's. I don't even understand how this is an argument. Like, if you are, if you believe in the in the rights of the working class, to be able to have someone. Let's 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 think about like an invention or designing a structure. Someone sits there and tries to figure out how to make this object work, how to design this engine properly. And then you're like, I can copy it. You can't do anything about it. And you're like, dude, I've worked for 10 years to design this. And they're like, we don't care. Yeah. I'm not stealing it. I'm just duplicating right. it. But if they try and sell it, now they're on the hook for illegal activity. But copying it is... I think that's human right. And then copying it, everyone gets to use it. And, and so the issue, the issue there is... I certainly like the idea that if someone invents something or makes something that can be easily shared and everyone can ba- enjoy the, the fruits of, of, of that product, I like the idea they can. 
But then to say that the person who broke their back worked really, really hard to make that gets nothing for it. No, that's a problem. If I right. so say you made something, uh, data, and I copied it and then sold it, I think it should be written into the code that if I get paid, you get paid a large amount because you're the creator of the content. So what you need to understand about the content that was being taken was that the consumption of the content was happening on mass scales with millions of people who did not pay for it. So shouldn't the person who made it allowed to be compensated for the fruits of their labor? I think artists should be able to make money, you know, yeah. unless, and, and if they want it to be available for free, they can, you know, they can have a license where it's available to people, you know, put it out in the open domain. I, I'm just a realist. I'm an artist. I'm an internet yeah, video yeah. content creator. I'm yeah. a musician. If people take my stuff, you can't stop it. That's the point. Trying to make it illegal. And, you can. And, no, you can't they stop did. people from trading information. They they created Spotify. They created Pandora. They created YouTube yeah, Music. Yeah, but if you, if you want to go online and look for a movie and watch it for free, you can. It's, it's, it's not as easy as it used to be. That's what I'm saying. They did a really good job of shutting down all these sites. They did it in really dirty ways, to be completely honest. Like, I mm -hmm. think based on my understanding of the Kim.com case, it was completely wrong what they did. Mm -hmm. It was, it was nightmare. I mean, they raided the man's house. I mean, when they could have just been like, stop doing this. Huh. But mm -hmm. they, they didn't. It was like they wanted to put a show. They want to make an example of people. That's the problem. When they went after these people who use Napster, like Metallica went after them, suing, saying you're stealing. Or when there was like one guy, who downloaded an MP3 and they showed up to his house and he got a $50,000 fine or something. Jeez. That's insane. That doesn't solve the problem. That's stupid. What solved the problem was just innovation, technology, Spotify, right? And now, you know, Bitcoin obviously solves a lot of these problems too because now we have the blockchain, which means there can be digital assets that can be, can cre can be created and not copied. So now we enter the space of digital property without fear of being copied. Of course, then you enter the realm of theft, which is still possible. If someone can steal your encryption keys or whatever, then mm -hmm. they can get access to it. Anyway, to wrap this back up, the internet was a wild, crazy place. Mm -hmm. It was it was nuts what you could do on the internet. And nowadays, it is increasingly becoming more and more like mainstream establishment television. Mm -hmm. This show, huge thorn in, in their side, but, you know, not the most egregious. Steven Crowder. A much bigger thorn. Huh. They've already banned the bigger thorns like, like, uh, uh, Alex Jones or Miley Yiannopoulos. He's still on YouTube. I don't know what he's doing, but like off of Twitter, like the, the place where these like counterculture individuals have been able to grow and become prominent. They have removed them mm -hmm. because they are trying to dictate culture. They're trying to control it. Well, the beauty of the internet when it first came out and, you know, I grew up, you know, uh, uh, I was very young. I don't remember a time before the internet didn't, I, I don't remember when it didn't exist. And, uh, and, and just the ability that you can be yourself. And that's what I loved about the internet. And, and growing up where I grew up, it was, you know, a, an amazing, wonderful place. It was a very beautiful geography. I'm from Idaho. Um, but you know, it's just the ability of the internet is that you can truly be yourself. And that's how it started out. You can truly be yourself and you can truly be who you really are. And it felt like, you know, when you're getting into school back in the early day, you know, they're, they're, they try to shun you. And I feel like that only elevates in life when, you know, you get stuck in a corporate job you hate and all that. And then, and then now they're coming for the internet. And ultimately, if we're all, I mean, this sounds like a platitude, but it's true is in the sense if, if, if we're able to be ourselves, you know, that, that ends up being a threat to the establishment. Um, and, the, and, the, and the problem there is that the, the, the current ideology that we're seeing rise mm -hmm. is the kind of ideology that murders people who are inconvenient. Mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't stop at like, oh, we're going to take your phone away. It doesn't stop at, oh, we're going to take your social media away. It stops at you're a threat to the revolution. You're, you're, you're committing crimes of hate speech mm -hmm. off to the gulag. I've had people say to me, it was really funny. You know, I had one lefty from Occupy post on my Facebook wall. You don't never forget you're first against the wall. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, little old me. And well, 
You know, it's funny when the SPLC calls me a reactionary, what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Reactionaries oppose the revolution. They genuinely believe they are in a revolution to, and, and, and it's funny, shouldn't that be, make them the insurrectionists? Mm-hmm. If you use language critical of those who are like, the Constitution is good. Ah, you're a reactionary. They want to get rid of the Constitution. They want to get rid of this country. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that make them insurrectionists? Hmm. Right. Well, they're the ones who have more and more institutional power. Conservatives are the ones who aren't doing a whole lot about it. And one of the reasons I think, the, one of the only reasons I think we're actually seeing a culture war is because former liberals who believe in free speech, freedom of association, you know, uh, classical liberalism have started standing up and pushing back, not because of conservatives. Now, of course, conservatives absolutely are pushing back. Mm-hmm. But I think if if they carried on the establishment with a unified liberal order of some sort, meaning like you know, video young people who played video games weren't being uh, like told to like en- engage in a, in a fringe ideology, if they didn't try forcing the liberals too far left too fast there would be no culture war. Mm-hmm. It would be politics as usual. We wouldn't think twice about it. But something happened where the left spread out and many people who were like center left individuals, traditional liberals, did not want to agree to this new racist ideology that mm-hmm. was being implemented by the Democrats and by the progressives, which led them to resist it and led them to lump in with conservatives. And now you have a large faction of Trump voters, mm-hmm. 75 million people. <clears throat> You think uh, mesh networking is the is the answer to this? Yeah, I mean, I I think that I, that that's why I think they dislike my project so much. Is is if you have your own hardware, because it doesn't matter. You could have the best uh, software in the world, you know, like you know, uh, and and if you're leasing basically on someone else's app store and someone else's hardware, you're screwed. So that's why on our phone we did we put our own app store on there. Uh, which has normal apps, but also banned ones. And we feature, you know, fro- pro free speech ones. But I mean, I, I think mesh networking is the future. And that's why we want to incorporate it on this phone. Um, so that way you're able to commute basically what that means being able to communicate, even if they try to shut you down. I mean, why I got into Bitcoin in the first place was, uh, uh I guess I was a weird kid because I was really interested in currency. And before Bitcoin, there was uh, something called Liberty Dollar. Um, oh yeah. And, they went after that guy. Do, and they went after that guy. I think they put him in prison mm-hmm. or at least said, if you don't shut, shut it down. So but what that was, is basically wanting to go back to the silver and gold standard uh, and he basically set up a, a, his own little mini treasury I think in his garage <laughs> or something and you would get you know a $10 bill with Ron Paul's face on it and you could redeem that with him for $10 worth of silver and then you know small business I have like a we accept liberty dollar sign even it's a uh, that's that's at my place um, and uh, and they shut that guy down yeah. because technically it's illegal to start your own currency in the US and it became illegal um, during the Civil War that uh, you know there actually used to be I had also because again I'm the Bitcoin guy um, and now now I'm the freedom phone guy is what they're calling me and uh, uh, but one of the things I did is I have all these old currencies because before the Civil War um, it was common to actually issue uh, uh, other alternative currencies whether that's a, a company or, or or an area and uh, so I have all these things in the Civil War they want to consolidate all the money into one currency and then so that's why Bitcoin was invented in the first place people go think you know Satoshi Nakamoto the founders anonymous or or you know what 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 is the purpose of blockchain was they anyone who started their own currency they were either throwing in jail or threatening them 
to go to jail and uh and that's and or you know and shutting down any centralized operation so that's what was beautiful about bitcoin is you know you're able to run it even if they even if they shut you down you know and that's why the founders anonymous because back in the day if you started your own currency you were you know it was prison and you were saying that mesh networking can bypass issues with DNS. Mm-hmm. Which, what were you saying? What are like potential D- – what is DNS and what are potential well, 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 DNS well, before issues? We, we, we got to explain to people what mesh uh, – Yeah, mesh and, and explain mesh network. Thanks. Yeah. Well, let, let's, let's start with me- mesh networking. Mm-hmm. How would that work? What does that mean? So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the goal is, is to be able to have, um, uh, uh, being able to run and piggyback off other people's devices. So rather than having to rely on, uh, uh, you know, basically again, other people's hardware for, for internet, um, hopefully, you know, you can have your own mesh network. So that way, you know, whether that, if you have like a, a box at home, being able to communicate with other things, you know, with phones, um, and all that, being able to, being able to communicate, uh, uh, so even if they shut down everything. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll simplify it. Mm-hmm. Right now, your phone, here's what people got to understand about phones. Your phone does not send out a, a lasso to a cell tower. Mm-hmm. There is no direct laser beam from your phone to a tower. The tower is broadcasting information in every possible direction. Your phone is broadcasting information in every possible direction. So while the cell tower sees your signal, and then interprets it, and then br- transmits a signal, which your phone interprets, it's entirely possible that the signal sent equally in the opposite direction can be in- in- intercepted by someone as well. This is a large centralized data network. Mesh networking would mean my phone connects to Ian's phone, connects to Eric's phone, mm-hmm. connects to Lydia's phone, and then all the way down. So imagine this. With a mesh network, you could line up a person probably, I mean, what's, what's, our cell phones have massive range, a few miles, right? Yeah, yeah. You could take a, well, depending on how you do the mesh network and what, what bands you're using, you could have zero cell phone towers. You would never have a, a dead zone ever again. Imagine this. You're in your office and you're like, my phone just doesn't work when I'm on like the seventh floor in the corner <laughs> because the tower can't reach here. With mesh networking, your phone would just look for available phones around it and transmit data through everyone else's phone network. We wouldn't need cell towers in cities. Could we set up like um, solid state mesh networking nodes that don't require electricity? Uh, I mean, I think you can have like cell. I think it would all require electricity. Um, but you, you know, you can set up like solar panels. They're run by solar panels, so that way you could have totally self-sufficient ones where you're not relying on the grid. And I think that's a huge. You know, you saw what happened in Texas being relying on the on the grid. It can it can go bad. I'll give people a, a simple example. That I was on a cruise ship once. And before you got on, they were like, download this app. It's a Bluetooth mesh networking direct messaging app. There's no cell service. Your phone will not work remember that, yeah. in the middle of the ocean. So what happens is you get on the boat, the boat goes off and you're in international waters and your cell stops working. But somehow you just got a message from your friend on the other side of the boat. Your friend on the other side of the boat sent a message to your username. Hey, where are you at? His phone at the end of the boat saw... Jane Doe, 30 feet away, jumped to her phone and then jumped to the next person's phone, to the next person's phone, to the next person's phone until it found your phone. And none of them get a notification. None of them get your message. It just piggybacks until it finally found you. There were so many phones on this boat that it was instantaneous. The mesh network just existed as long as people's Bluetooth were on. So the more nodes, the faster the network runs. Yeah. The phones recognize what the, 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 the range of devices so like I said, it's not one-to-one. It's not like your phone just sends the signal straight to the tower and back. When that one phone sends the signal out, 
15 phones in front of them all see it and instantly, exponentially just track down the code they're looking for. And then bling, your phone gets a message. No cell tower. A mesh network of a bunch of different devices. I don't know why we're not doing that technology now in cities. Mm -hmm. Phones should – I mean one of the things they've been doing with like a a home internet Mm -hmm. is that they also create a public node off of your own Wi-Fi node. Mm -hmm. I've never been the biggest fan of that. And I definitely think people should have a choice to turn it on or off. But I don't understand why we don't do this. Oh, the the profit margin of centralized systems are are keeping it that way, I think, intentionally. They love that you have to go through Comcast, loves that you have to go through their Wi-Fi node to get to Actually, I think it might, it's easier to spy. Yeah, definitely I think easier so too. to spy. So w- with a mesh network, though, would it, if I sent a message to you and you were over there and it went to like 50 people and then to you, would they not be able to spy on my message to you? Well, that itself is encrypted. So because, you know, I mean, ideally, right? I mean, if you're using a mesh network, um, yeah, it breaks up onto a little pieces mm-hmm. and all that and then sends it all united to you. They can easily go to a centralized node, spy. But to go to each and every individual phone with different modifications and different mm-hmm. specs, that'd be a nightmare. And you could it's use, possible, though, for sure. You could use centralized nodes <clears throat> in the mesh network. It's not like we have to rip down these cell towers. Those could be part of the mesh. Yep. Yeah, but well, you you would need backhaul access. So the way it would work is you're standing in the middle of the desert. There's a guy 100 feet in front of you, 100 feet in front of him, and then your phone sends a signal that bounces off of all of those phones and then hits the, the backhaul, so cell phone tower or a hardline connection or something, and then boom, it hits the rest of the internet. And you were saying the DNS could be a problem. What is DNS, and how could that? How does that affect like centralized systems right now? Yeah. So for example, when you have like a domain, you have what's called the, you know, your DNS settings. Um, so if you're, you know, that, that enables you to direct people, you know, direct a, direct a certain domain. Uh, uh, and then, you know, people have been noticing just a lot of problems, um, with, you know, DNS propagation. Uh, not just, you know, you can have sometimes, you know, you're, you're not doing it right. Um, when you're like, even if you go on like GoDaddy or any of these things, you can look at your, any, any place where you have a domain, you have what's called your DNS settings. Um, and, uh, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been noticing these weird DNS propagation, pro, uh, propagation problems, um, where it's just kind of going in and out. And I just think that's such a, a, a vulnerability right now, um, where, you know, they, I feel like powers that be can mess with that. Um, and, uh, and make it so, you know, domains can be banned. I mean, you saw when, when, gab. I, yeah, Was it gab, don't, they, well, gab had their domain seized, I think. Was it gab? Um, I think uh, their registrar banned them right. and all that, but that's the next step is you can go to uh, uh, one of the best domain registrars is called Epic, E-P-I-K, um, and uh, that's where we host our domain, and, uh, uh, and that's where I believe Gab hosts their domain as well. Don't they do their own everything now, though? Aren't they building their own everything? Yeah, I mean, I think Gap, yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they have to. I mean, it's honestly props to them in many ways. I mean, one of the, you know, we made, uh, uh, Gap doesn't have an app, so on our phone where uh, we have Gap right in our app store. Because um, then we built basically a whole app around their website, so that way when people get it, they want to install it, they can get Don't, it. Didn't they use Fediverse, though? They Gap, use... Gap switched to the Fediverse? Oh, did they? Oh, I didn't know A that. while ago, a while ago. Wow, wow, no way. For those, for those that aren't familiar, the Fediverse is like Twitter. But decentralized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that means if uh, it was really funny, uh, Mastodon, I think, was the biggest node, the biggest mm-hmm. website that used the, the Fediverse. And when Gab switched over, all of a sudden, all of these evil far right <gasps> people were now in the same network as the far <laughs> left on Mastodon. And they panicked. And they were like, we're banning these servers so we won't see them. It's really, really funny, actually. The hackers who are like, we're creating a free speech network. The goal of like the Fediverse was to create an uncensorable network, decentralized internet 
to stop like the feds and the establishment. But then when the hacker community got woke, they immediately were like, yay, establishment, and then turned over like their servers to being banned, to blocking and everything. But anyway. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's weird how the hacker community went woke. To me, that's surprising. I know, right? Yeah, it's like out of all the people. I mean, Pro FBI. Yeah. Pro Fed. Wow. DEF Con's probably going to be fun nice. this year. <laughs> A free speech Just, doesn't mean uncensored is what I've found. Like, yeah. if you allow everything to, to happen, then people there'll be mass chaos and people won't be able to speak properly because they'll get beat down when they try to talk and it's just hey everyone's able to do everything so you have to create like you have to censor evil in a way or whatever destruction you have to censor that so that people can speak freely you know that's as per the u.s constitution we've set up Mm -hmm. rules so that we allow for free speech well similar with the internet but it's dangerous because mm -hmm. if people decide who's the arbiter you know then they can be pretty heavy-handed the difference is speed so when it comes to the real world, first of all, people have their faces on their face, you know, and on the on the Internet, you have anonymity, which is good. It can be good in a lot of ways it can be bad in some ways. Ultimately, I think anonymity serves a better, uh, more good than bad. But imagine if every human being on the planet had the superpowers of the flash, every single one, somebody would be holding a feminist rally at a, you know, a local community center. And then some anti-feminist instantly could be there shouting them down. Mm-hmm. Same thing would be true of Antifa. So you get some right-wing people saying, we love America, and then instantly 10,000 anti-America, flag-burning Antifa are all screaming, and no one can talk. So in the real world, we have physical security. That's not censorship if we have a private event. Mm -hmm. So the challenge, I suppose, is the modern left says, Twitter is a private company. They can ban whoever they want. And it's like, yes, but they're like the only one. They've monopolized the space. Mm -hmm. And that's creating a strain on discourse. And it's causing serious problems in this country. But you know what the problem is? These leftists enjoy the fact. Well, first of all, some of them enjoy the fact they're winning because they have the control of the institutions. But most of them are just like, I'll say whatever I'm told to say because they just want to ride the wave. What they don't realize is that they're destroying the fabric of society. Mm-hmm. And here, here's the way I put it. A lot of people think, you know, supervillains want to destroy the world, right? I was watching Austin Powers recently. <laughs> and Dr. Evil, and which, which one is it? Gold member? He's, he's like, no, no, no. This is, this is in the second one. He's like, even after they pay me all the money, I'm still going to destroy the cities with liquid hot magma. It's like, <laughs> no, you wouldn't, because that, where do you spend the money after you destroy all the cities? But I get it. It's a comedy. It's funny. Mm-hmm. What people don't realize is that they're like, yay, I'm winning. And it's like, congratulations, your Pyrrhic victory will make you the king of a pile of rubble. So you may want to have you want to have political battles. But if you are creating such a strain that you are causing serious physical conflict and violence to where Joe Biden just went out and was like, do the Republicans think that Democrats are sucking the blood out of kids? Like, what? The president just said what? (laughs) Like, come on. You know, Donald Trump said Kung flu. But geez, Joe Biden, that was way... That's how insane they are being driven by the fact that they are high on their own supply. Let me, I'll, 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 let me, let me just say it. I say, I'll say it so, 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 so good. Jack Dorsey, he invents Twitter and then he just takes the whole vat and sticks it in his veins and believes all the psychotic garbage that the toilet has produced and is being flushed into his veins. 
They are high on their own supply. Mm-hmm. And eventually people are going to freak out from the psychosis of social media algorithmic chaos. And, and it's all just going to go. Well, they're going to build mines is what they're going to do. And they did it. They built it in 2011. I was there. Uh, yeah, it, the centralized internet is very, very dangerous. And having a, a CEO decide what gets to be said on the network is also very dangerous because the CEO can change and can become a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, Dick Costello was like that. He went, you know, former CEO of Twitter. I mean, he went from saying we're the free speech wing of the free speech party to just, you know, ranting on Twitter about how they should be stronger on the bands. They're high on their own supply. Yeah. It's a downward spiral. They start, they start, they get into, they get into these arguments. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, CGP Gray has a great video called This Video Will Make mm-hmm. You Angry, where he talks about how people rile each other up about the other. And he said that they don't actually talk to each other. Like, you know, if it's, if it's, it'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pro Tim and Ian's pro Ian. But instead of a- us actually arguing with each other about our beliefs, we, I argue to you and he argues to, to Lydia. Oh, I get so annoyed when people do that. That's mm-hmm. what they do. And so what happens is, our our mental image of the other gets crazier and crazier and crazier mm-hmm. until ultimately we're just like, you're evil. Mm-hmm. The problem is the people who control the institutions got high on the supply of leftism. Mm-hmm. They were being fed algorithmic junk that would generate more clicks and more traffic for these rage bait blogs. And so they started to go insane, believing insane things. Let me, let me, let me tell you guys something. I, I've long, ex- I've, 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 I've often explained how the algorithmic psychosis took hold in America. For those that aren't familiar, I'm going to explain it. And for those that are familiar, please bear with me as I explain to those who are not familiar. In the late 2000s, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and whatever else were trying to figure out algorithms. Not, not so much Twitter. Twitter didn't go algorithmic for a while. They were trying to figure out how to get the most amount of engagement on posts. So they created algorithms. Regular people then would see a post and it would say, I like chocolate chip cookies. And they would interact with it. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook would be like, people seem to like chocolate chip cookies. Show them more posts about cookies. But then one day, someone posts a video of a black man being beaten by police. And all of a sudden, a million shares, 300 million views. Mm-hmm. And the Facebook algorithm, without any disdain for what the video was, said, this is what people want to see. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think people wanted to see that. I think they were mad about it and wanted people to know because they wanted justice. Well, the algorithm then started feeding more of these videos, but more importantly, mm-hmm. humans figured it out. Humans figured out, I get way more views when I post these videos. So the mm-hmm. Rage Bait blog started posting more and more and more of this. In fact, at one point, there was a website dedicated to nothing but police brutality that was in the top global 500 websites. Mm-hmm. All they did was post police brutality videos. Mm. Then something more magical happened. The discovery of intersectional feminism. <laughs> Wait a minute. If we combine racism and sexism, we don't just get X views or Y views, and we don't get X plus Y, we get X Y views. Mm-hmm. An exponential increase by combining the keywords. Thus, we saw the rise of intersectionality, mm-hmm. which was, was this idea, which is rooted in, it stems from critical race theory, that a black woman experiences a unique kind of sexism and racism that a black man and a white woman would not experience, creating an all, an all new interpretation of racism. What ends up happening is, you have all of these companies producing rage bait to the, to the great, to great. Every article is police brutality nonstop. Mike.com started as my understanding is a Ron Paul libertarian website. No way. Did Mike start off as Ron Paul? That's, that's wow. my, there, there was an investigation I read about. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, but it started off like just being like, what was the internet? What was big on the internet back then? Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Love I mean, Revolution. he was number one on Reddit. I mean, that's where I first heard about Bitcoin was a Ron Paul event. But then something happened. They realized that anger was was the number one uh, was the emotion that caused the highest amount of shares. So then instead of being about Ron Paul, 
it became about police brutality. Now, you got to understand, too, the Ron Paul crowd overlapped with the police brutality crowd because libertarians didn't like seeing people be beaten by cops. Mm -hmm. And they liked Ron Paul, too. Mm -hmm. But the police brutality people found that enraging people with intersectionality was worth more. And eventually it leaves the Ron Paul people behind who are probably, to be completely honest, more rational in their thinking. And Mm -hmm. they were looking for information. They were finding it. They were getting away from the mainstream, which brings me to the current state of our generational algorithmic psychosis. Someone who is 10 years old in 2008 goes on Facebook, maybe for the first time. I know they're not supposed to because you're supposed to be 13, but they're 10. And what do they see? Nothing but police brutality videos. Mm-hmm. Every video in their feed is a cop beating a black man. Mm-hmm. Five years goes by. A third of their life is inundated with nonstop posts of police beating black men. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that more and more cops are doing this? It, no, not at all. It's just that when you have how many, how, how many million, 300 something million interactions with cops per year, a handful of them are going to get really, really bad. Some may be taken out of context. Now, it's, it's 10 years later. We're talking 2018. And these kids are now 20 years old, half of their lives. They have seen nothing but the police, but brutality videos and racism and sexism. Now mm-hmm. it's 2021. Now they're all in their, in their early to mid 20s, these young people, most of their lives inundated with algorithmic psychosis. Yeah. Is it true that police sometimes will beat a person uh, unjustly. It is. Does th- does sometimes mean a lot? It actually doesn't. Is a lot relative? Okay, sure it is. But out of hundreds of millions of interactions with police, a tiny, tiny fraction, I think the Wall Street Journal said 19 unarmed black men were killed by police. That's a problem. Each and every one of those deaths is bad. But when you play those videos on loop for a decade, mm-hmm. people's worldview, these kids, they grew up in a world where the only thing they ever saw were these videos played on repeat. Sometimes from different angles. I mean, the internet is like raising kids now. I like. It I is. feel like I was raised by the internet, and I mean, I had a but, great family and all that. But a lot of people, they don't even have a great family, and they're raised by the internet. But these kids grew up in a world that doesn't exist. Yeah. So I remember. Uh, I, I, I notice this from time to time. You go on Reddit, and I'll see the same police brutality video from like 2014, and it pops up once a week mm-hmm. because it gets karma. Because if someone says I want to get internet points, they put it, they, they post it, and they know people are going to upvote it, mm-hmm. and they don't know. Or they don't care that it's really old. That 10-year-old kid sees that video every week. And then they forget and they see it a month later. And then they engage. And these, these videos are constantly recycled in this way. It's, 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 it's algorithmic psychosis mm-hmm. that is warping the, the minds of people who live in the internet who are growing up with it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that is causing the, the, the chaos is what I call the scaling problem. And it's basically, if you have 100 police officers and one of them is a dick who, uh, and and a psychopath who beats somebody. That's 1%. Most people are going to be like, arrest that guy. Problem solved. It's just one guy. If you have a hundred million police officers, you've not got a million cops going around doing all this stuff. That's a very, very serious problem, but it's the same percentage. Now it's not nearly that high in terms of bad police officers. We do have problems with cops. Don't get me wrong in terms of like enforcing unjust laws or seizing people's guns and things like that in violation of the constitution and violating people's free speech. I've seen it. The cops who, who sprayed those girls, uh, the women at Occupy Wall Street for no reason, just walked up Tony Baloney and he sprayed her. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. But we, when you look at the actual ratio, these people who grow up in the paranoid delusional world of, of rage bait algorithms and their whole lives have been inundated with this, they live in this world that's completely inverted. 
the 0.001% of cops who are actually doing these things become the 99.99% of cops because they've never seen other interactions. Mm -hmm. Now they're going into politics. Now they're voting. So if you think everything is going to stop, what people need to understand is it's not about you. It's about the kids from 10 years ago and where they are now. It's about the kids who are 15 years old right now, what they've been raised on and who they will vote for in the next three years, Mm -hmm. which could be crazy crackpot far left cult member who microwaves their underwear and is using a curling iron to make pancakes because that's what they see on the internet could be kanye west i believe that's not so bad i believe i love kanye so much i mean those sunday (laughs) services are amazing i mean that's why i want to get into politics actually i feel like kanye was one of the biggest motivators um because just just seeing someone you know like in the song reborn uh, and all that with Kid Cudi, it was it was just so beautiful. Of, you know, I want all the smoke, I want all the pain, I want all the blame. What an awesome thing! Engulfed in shame, and uh, and that's that's what made me want it because I've I've been like what got me into Bitcoin was was Ron Paul and all that and that whole world and meeting some guy had a had a Bitcoin. It was actually Adam Kokesh. It was actually an Adam Kokesh event. And what it was year all was Ron it? Paul people. I forgot the, I mean, it was around when Bitcoin had come out recently and my older brother brought me to an Adam Kokesh event and he, uh, uh, he, uh, got arrested at the Jefferson Memorial for dancing yeah. and all that. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? I vaguely remember that. Yeah. And then my brother, uh, we flew in and, uh, uh, we went to go protest that. Um, and then, yeah, so it was like a footloose like protest. And then some guy had this orange, uh, Bitcoin shirt on or it had an orange B and it looked like a dollar sign. I'm like, what's that? And he's like, it's Bitcoin, man. It's going to end Wall Street, bro. And he, you know, ran off. You know what I love about <laughs> that started Bitcoin? started it all. You know what I love about Bitcoin? What? The people who endorsed it early on had no idea what it was at all. Mm-hmm. And the reason I didn't buy is because me and my friends more so knew what it was. Now, uh, so my story is that back in 2011, Bitcoin was at 70 cents. And I look over to my friend. I'm in LA at a hackerspace. 70 cents per Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was like, hey, I was like, I got five grand in savings. Should I just buy all this bit, like put it all in Bitcoin? Because I'm not going to touch the money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's going to, it's just my savings sitting in my bank account. And he goes, dude, like, first of all, how do you even buy this stuff? Mm-hmm. And the second of all, it's probably a scam. Like somebody makes this and they tell you it's valuable and sure it's like, you know, winner so Bitcoin. But he's like, what can you really do? You're going to buy it, and then a month, it's going to be a fad, and then you're going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that, that, that's a good point. I won't buy. Well, I'm familiar with the people calling product scams when they're not. I, so. I remember <laughs> seeing it and thinking like, okay, so now my currency is going to be – got to write a string of numbers on, on letters on paper. If my paper gets lost or burned, it's gone forever. And if I lose access to uh, electricity, I can't – I don't have my money. So I didn't get into it. But what was your – impetus to get into it well so actually yeah do you want to tell us what year and how you yeah i got into it 2011 um as well so uh i had about a my grandmother who was very old and uh and she gave gave me a thousand dollars and she's like you know eric use this for your scholarship you know one day go to school and uh (laughs) i'm gonna buy fake internet money (laughs) and that's what i did (laughs) so that's what i ended up doing um so i bought that uh my yeah my my brother taught me how to like get that out and actually buying bitcoin was easier back in the day because it was like you could just pay some guy over paypal you know and then uh and get bitcoin sent to your wallet i mean you had bitcoin faucets back in the day which is where they would give away free bitcoin i got 0.15 bitcoin from that faucet wow yeah bitcoin.org right yeah that that computer got destroyed though oh my god so I, I I probably I don't even know how many Bitcoin were on that computer. The computer I had back at the hackerspace because I didn't I didn't put my savings into it, but I still did get some Bitcoin. It was worthless. I, I was like, whatever. It's like I had like a dollar. 
Yeah, that happened to that happened to my friend. He he, American Airlines lost his bag, and uh, and that had about five hundred Bitcoin on. No, yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Where did you store it in the beginning? Uh, back in the day, and not definitely not now, but I just stored it on my laptop. Okay. Like you download like the Bitcoin dot org, la- you know, just yeah, desktop the, the, wallet, and that's yep. what you did. I'll pack a socks if anybody remembers that. And yeah, I mean, I was a weird kid. I mean, some kids had video games, some kid had sports. Mine was Bitcoin. Huh. I just spent every day, and I ended up actually I dropped out of high school because I had some Bitcoin money then. Moved moved my butt to uh, to Palo Alto, Silicon Valley, and just like you know tried to do a business and all that, and that ended up going well, but um. Eventually sold that company, put it all back into Bitcoin. But Bitcoin to me, I mean, when I first got into it, I, I actually did think it was going to be big, but it was kind of in the way you f- like you hope for world peace. Like it's like, well, you hope for it, but you, you don't know what will happen. There's a funny meme where it's like some some there's like a guy who's like wearing a nice polo and glasses, and he's like, Bitcoin seems interesting, but I'm not entirely sure that people will build confidence in this decentralized network. But I'll look into it. And the next guy is like fat with like a beard and flies. And he, he's like, I want to buy drugs on the internet. And it's like, that guy's a millionaire now. Yeah. Cause he was just like some scumbag who's like, I don't care. Did you, uh, pre-install, uh, wallets or on the freedom phone wallets? Yeah. yeah um, there's a crypto wallet on the phone. What's it called? Uh, it's, uh, it's called metal pay actually. So that's, can that's you, what can, do you have the phone? Yes. Do you want to, you want to pull it out? I have a pull it out. Do you want to pull out your phone? So we won't use the pronouns. I know. I know. <laughs> Do you want to pull it out? But that's another thing. Rip it's it just, out. Like everyone told me when I got into Bitcoin, you know, and they all they were all like, "Yeah, bro, that's a scam, bro. Get get out of here." Someone took your money on the internet. Some guy named Bitcoin took your money on the internet, you know, <laughs> and that's how it happened. And I I got into an argument with some ANCAP guy, and that's I was like, great. "It was funny because I was like talking about this is this is like probably 2012 or 13. I was like, so Bitcoin was still relatively cheap back then." And I was talking about my concerns, and he didn't know anything at all. And he's probably, like, worth hundreds of millions of dollars right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wish I was dumb. You know what I mean? And just like, oh, cool, Bitcoin, and cap, woo, anarchy. And then I just bought a bunch, not thinking about it. But I was like, hmm, there are some very interesting problems with this. We saw some of the hard forks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or Not the hard forks, the, the hard forks, the... the, the um, Bitcoin Cash and there was the ac- no no yeah. the accidental ones. Oh really? Do, do you remember when uh, I think it was in 2013 Bitcoin forked on accident? Oh yeah. And then they had to like do an emergency like no no that's not the real thing anymore and like switch to the snowed. <laughs> and so I was like, Ur. but you know the mistake I made back then was it was an, it was an investing in the one thing the NCAPs understood was that it was a decentralized non copyable asset that was difficult to locate. Mm-hmm. And that's all that really mattered. Mm-hmm. And so there, I, mean, ma- I was in cap back when I was, you know, twelve. But there's that. There's two things. There's that, and that in and of itself was like, we don't care what the value of the Bitcoin is. Mm-hmm. I can have this Bitcoin and trade it, and it's easy. Mm-hmm. The other thing was back in the day, it was actually a very uh, interesting way to transfer funds very quickly internationally. Mm-hmm. Not because you cared about the value of Bitcoin. Put it this way: I need to give you. Let's say I need to give you a dollar, mm-hmm. and I like you're you're a thousand miles away. So I can't hand you the dollar. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I go on, I send you a dollar's worth of Bitcoin, and then you immediately sell it for a dollar. Mm-hmm. So I just transfer the dollar instantly. Mm-hmm. You're, no, neither, neither of us are holding Bitcoin. I go to the site, I say, buy Bitcoin, send, and then you go, accept Bitcoin, sell. The dollar transferred like that. Mm-hmm. That was an early on, that, that was very, very early in Bitcoin's history when I was like, now I started to understand why this is such a powerful tool. Because it basically cuts out a lot of the financial infrastructure for transferring funds very quickly. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what the price of a Bitcoin was because if someone could transfer value instantly, then there would be more demand for buying than selling. Mm-hmm. And so 
that's when I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get some Bitcoin. I started taking it more seriously, and since then I have. I mean, they, yeah, I mean, the ANCAPs back in the day, I mean, I was really into that, and I, I still, still a part of me. Um, and, uh, uh, but, I mean, that was that whole world was just, you know, a bunch of, I mean, that's, that's how all great things get started is people that are, are a little different and all that. And I've So, thought, but uh, how did you, uh, you, so you bought in 2011, you mm-hmm. bought all these Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and then when did you become a millionaire? Uh, yeah, so uh, I became a millionaire at 18, so I was like 12 back then. So again, that was... Wait, uh, you bought Bitcoin when you were 12? Yeah, I bought Bitcoin when I was 12. <laughs> and uh, again, it was easier back in the day because, uh, you know, uh, although I, I ended up having to do it later, but all the KYC stuff, you know, you could just like, yeah, PayPal some guy on local Bitcoins. And uh, so that's what I did. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I was 12 years old, and I just spent every day. I was, like, mowing lawns just to try to get more money to put into it. Really? Yeah. You see, I, that's that's it because a lot of people say, like, when I tell that story about having the five grand in savings and wanting to buy Bitcoin, everyone responds with, you would have sold it 20 bucks. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you're correct. <laughs> if, if I put five grand yeah. into Bitcoin and hit $20, I'd have been like, and I'd sell right away. <laughs> I'd be like, just get up because I didn't – I, I wasn't smart enough, I guess. I didn't have the vision. I didn't see it. I think to me it was just my whole identity was wrapped up in Bitcoin because it's like, what are you going to do as a 14 year old, you know, with, with this money when it went up? And then that, and then, yeah, and again, it was just like, uh, I, I was just obsessed with Bitcoin and it was my identity and it just inspired me of, uh, to do so many other things. Um, but yeah, I became millionaire at uh, 18. Uh, I'm 22 now. I'm an old man. Um, did that. And then, yeah, a bunch of articles came out, you know, youngest Bitcoin millionaire, um, which was nice, but, you know, it was ultimately was, you know, cool, I guess. But I you feel- didn't buy Doge. I did buy some Doge early on. Oh. Um, I did cash out Doge early, though. That was that was my mistake. I, I now have some coin in in in, uh, in Doge um, and all that, but uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was I was all in Bitcoin. I mean, I remember I made like three hundred bucks on Dogecoin like back in the day, and I was like, well, this is as far as it's gonna go because Dogecoin is one of those coins that has lasted for such a long yeah. time. I mean, they did the whole NASCAR thing early on, and then after that faded. I was like, well, maybe Doge. I, lo- I love how in the early days of Bitcoin, there was like thousands of <clears throat> altcoins. We'll call them altcoins. And they were just like clones of Bitcoin with different names. Yeah. And then people would be like, this is the one that's going to beat Bitcoin. And I'm like, it's nothing. It's all the same thing. It's like you just cloned the code and then made it and then sold it. Mm-hmm. And people made money doing it. It was it was crazy because even if it was almost worthless, you could make like a million coins, go on some, some uh, trading uh, website, and people would be like, I'll give you Bitcoin for it. It yeah. was so scammy in the early I know. Days. I mean, it still is. <laughs> still is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Litecoin was one of those things. I mean, seeing Litecoin, like Ethereum's kind of the new Litecoin, but I remember Litecoin was just, you would always, it would whenever Bitcoin went up, like Litecoin was always that number two. And they would say Bitcoin is gold, Litecoin is silver. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it was literally the logos, and it was, it was uh, uh, that was just such a crazy, beautiful time. And, uh, and I Wild, think wild west of the internet, it man. Was, it was the wild, wild west on the internet. And, uh, and then again, I mean, I remember there was this thing called World of Text, and it was like when Chrome first came out, and you had like a, a WebGL, I think it was called, and it was, uh, and and basically it was this whole just giant text page where you could just write anything and be yourself and all that, and that was what was beautiful, and and you know, and again, I just feel like uh, not not to tie it into the, today, but I mean, just it's just they're taking away <clears throat> the ability to be yourself. And people use the terms like free speech and, and all that. And I mean, that's, that's a, the perfect term for it. But what does that really mean? It, it, it's the right to have your own voice, the right to be yourself. Can I see that phone? Yeah, absolutely. So here, I'll, uh, should I, should I un- open it to the camera? Or something? Well, this is should the I, box. Yeah. Should I be fancy freedom with phone? it? Yes. Should I be fancy yeah, with show it? show the people Big the time. Phone. So, yeah, lift it up. Lift so, it up. there you go. This is the freedom phone, guys. Yeah, it's And all white. that. It's beautiful. It's a Blow beautiful it box. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm bumping my microphone here. So here we go. I'll, uh, 
you probably your your frame is probably like at your chest. Okay. 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 So there we go. So this is it and all that. Up a so little bit. Up a little bit. Perfect. Oh, that looks nice. There you go. It still, it? it still darkens the camera because of the white. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So here we go. Um, here I'll hand it to you in just a second and all that. But yeah, this is what it looks like. You know, it's a quality phone. Um, and all that. And then oh yeah. Perfect. It's a quality phone and, yeah. and all that, and you can boot it up. You know, we did, uh, we, we basically combined some of the best, um, custom ROMs, uh, on Android Plus Plus. I hired a really great CTO, um, to basically re, rebuild, um, you know, and uh, rebuild Android from the ground up so that way you can, uh, so that way it was secure and all that. So we, we mix Lineage OS, Graphene OS. Um, we took some of the best parts of all these things and then, you know, it was tricky to do because that can, that can <laughs> break a lot of things. Um, and we did that and, uh, and then yeah, so you have like trust on there, which is, uh, 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 kind of a, a privacy guard for your phone and then you boot, put it up. Um, and then we have, uh, uh, here, I'm just trying to think. One of the things we did is we made this really explicitly kind of, uh, uh, political in a way because we thought about making, like, should we make this phone like a little bit more, um, like a little bit more neutral? Um, in a way, um, and not so like hard standing on, uh, on, on kind of free speech and, and, you know, right wing politics, um, and all that. But we wanted to, you know, I feel like we did a good job. We wanted it to have like, a, I'm never afraid, I guess, of being provocative. And I think a lot of people, they don't, they're, they're, I can hand this to you, by the way, if you want to play with it. Yeah. Um, Freedom phone. Yeah, freedom phone. How long did it take from DuckDuckGo on it? Ooh. Yeah, so DuckDuckGo is right on the home screen. Brave Browser is the and default Fortnite? browser. Yeah, we preload Fortnite because we did that as a troll because uh, <laughs> Apple Apple banned Fortnite um, oh. off their app store. So again, they're they're not just uh, they're not just banning conservative apps. They're banning apps like Fortnite if they don't pay up, or wow. if like some governments, like for example, not that I use this app, but but Grinder. I mean, that's you know like Tinder for gay people. I mean, that's they banned that. Th- they banned that not in the U.S. but a country. Country asked them to ban. I forgot which one, but it was like so. So they're responding to countries and all that, and that's the problem with these huge, huge multinational corporations. Is you know they're they're just in it for the money and all that, and that's the whole purpose of 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 this phone and all that was uh, was was to make a phone that was a a true alternative to the to Apple and Google do Apple and Google multiple SIM slots. Yeah, you got multiple SIM slots and everything, um, and all that. So. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How long did it take from the drawing board to prototype and then from the prototype to, yeah. to finished product? You can connect it, connect it to Wi-Fi too if you want to use the internet. So that's like a test unit. So where's the camera? Use the camera. So it's at the bottom right corner. Oh, I so see. I yeah, see. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, looks like a camera. Yeah. Yep. It zooms. Look at that. Hi. So okay. I think, uh, uh, I'm looking at the specs and mm-hmm. I think the Umidigi A9 Pro actually has a better camera. Uh, yeah, so we, we customized the camera, uh, on everything. Like, the problem is, is we wanted to make sure that on the supply chain front that we got our parts in a secure way, um, and all that. So that way, uh, like, we, we just didn't feel satisfied with the UmiDG, um, their camera Can supply chain. Oh, yeah, yeah, Thanks, yeah. Man. Absolutely. Oh, I see. Well, I, I Googled it. They say they have a 32 megapit, a 32 megapixel, megapit, megapixel, uh, a uh, camera. Actually of, has, uh, uh, less, uh, uh, they have an octa-core processor, which I think yours is also. Yep, also we have an octa-core processor. Nice. But yours so. is eight gigabytes, right? 
Um, it could, it could, wait, Oh, one? no, no, no. Uh, this is great, man. Four gigabytes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. epic that one human can build, go and do something like this. Well, well thank you. I mean, obviously you have a team of 20 people. And factories yeah. and research and, and factories. Technology. How long did it take you guys from start to finish? It took a year. It took a year. So again, oh. this started out as a, uh, as kind of my background is crypto and all that. And we thought, well, would it it'd be great to have a phone, you know, preloaded with a bunch of, you know, kind of blockchain based apps and everything. Um, and, uh, uh, and we thought about that, but one of the reasons we wanted to call it a freedom phone was to have that provocativeness and to go right into the, like, I, I think that there's a huge problem of people. A lot of people, you know, if, if they voted for Trump, they don't want, they're scared to market to, uh, uh, and, you know, I voted for Trump and, and, and everything. They're scared to market to these, uh, uh, scared to market to this, to this audience. You know, you see, look, look at, there's like a pillow company, right? That's the least political thing ever. But if they, they say they care about your values and they do, um, you know, they, they end up, they end up doing well, but getting hated. I know so many friends. They have some of the best online alternative education uh, apps in the world that would appeal, in my opinion, to uh, uh, a lot of right wing people that that care about alternative education. Because right now, the the education system itself, in my opinion, it, it just teaches you know uh, CRT and a lot of left wing values. And you know, you could say you can have that argument, but in my opinion, there's no ideological diversity. So that's another reason why I think I'm getting attacked so much. Is this I'm unapologetic free speech you know i'm in my opinion you know uh, uh, i'm a republican so and i think that's the and it's weird because it flipped it used to be that republicans back in the day in the george bush era they were kind of a little bit you know not so good on free speech and it used to be the left and it's totally flipped now i'm like a one issue voter i just care about free speech yeah i think centralized education is a big problem it is good to build social cohesion through what we understand and know but i think the modern day education is teaching people how to learn mm -hmm. not what to know Exactly. And this education system seems to be shoving specific information into people's heads as opposed to teaching them how to think critically, which... Exactly. I mean, I dropped out of high school because I love to learn. Not And, and, that, was, and that was the problem is... Is uh, you know you look at Richard Branson, he dropped out same age as me, um, and all that is. I I love to learn, and that's why I had to leave because they. I, I felt like if, and that's one of the reasons why I care about free speech because I was like, you know, I've done a TED talk. Um, I had met you know with with Jimmy Carter and and all that. Like Time Magazine wrote us. The media had liked me up until July Fourteenth huh. when we launched this phone that's and so all that. Weird. And uh, like I, I had all these like literally I did an interview with um, Business Insider um, and all that before they didn't know that I was launching launching the phone and it was very nice um cnn had me on to talk about crypto a few days and they didn't know and they wrote these glowing things um but uh, uh about me so i i pulled up i had the wrong specs before i had the a9 pro on the a9 the specs look the same yeah what's the difference between the pro and the i guess the pro know? is a better camera mm -hmm. it's marginally more expensive so but but let's let's get down to brass tacks here mm -hmm. the specs look very very much the same same camera front and back uh this display is, is the same they say they have a dot. What is this? A dot drop display, not the same as the the. What, what did your what did your what is what does Freedom Phone have? Is it um, water drop? Is mm -hmm. that different? No, no. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's like I mean, uh, is it different? I mean, they, they. I think that's their name for for just it. I, again, I haven't looked at like the A nine specs really. So, why is it more money? Why is it more money? Um, well, one to 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 so, so source all the uh, the parts of this device. 
um, we, you know, it does cost more money to be able to get the parts we get from because if you don't want a supply chain reliant on, you know, let's say CCP companies or whatever, it ends up being a little bit more expensive, a little bit more pricey. Um, and also when you do things at scale, the, the overall product ends up being cheaper. So when people look up the price of these phones, uh, you know, a lot of these prices, it's for ordering, you know, 50,000 units at once. Or I because companies did and they can sell it because it's exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, or another company does it and then they, yeah, they resell it at that cost. So they're, the, the root cause of these phones is they're selling 50,000 or 100,000 phones. And then, yeah, they either resell, um, or, or, uh, you know, that it counts as, as, as buying 100,000 phones or something. Um, or, or what, what, they, what does the operating system do? Because, because, because mm-hmm. look, regardless of the reason why it costs you more money, like mm-hmm. why should someone spend more money on a phone that has, effectively the same specs as the, the A9. Well, yeah, I mean, the, at the operating system level, I mean, we, I mean, if you buy that, if you buy that phone, I guarantee it, it has a ton of Google stuff on, I mean, not just guarantee, you can look it up. Um, it has a ton of Google stuff on it. It uses the Google Play Store, which totally tracks you, and it's, uh, uh, the supply chain has not been verified. Um, and all that. And we're going to post on, you know, our whole supply chain process, which I think on, on our website, um, coming up. And then, uh, we just, we just got out there and it was like a crazy launch. So, you know, we just, <laughs> we, we honestly did not expect <clears throat> to honestly have it kind of blow up this much. But it, but is, is right now, is that mm-hmm. basically like the Freedom OS? Yeah. Freedom OS is a mix of, uh, Lineage OS, AOSP, Android open source, Lineage OS, Graphene OS, couple other custom ROMs and our own touch. And uh, uh, so one of the things we do on this phone is we silo every app in its own little digital island, its own little digital bubble. So that way it can't see anything that's going on the rest of the oh, phone. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So Sandboxing. Uh, yeah, sandboxing. So, uh, uh, you know, like right now on, on iPhone, I think in even Apple developer analytics, just as a normal developer, you're able Can to. I see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have YouTube on that phone, do you? Uh, no, no. YouTube is, <laughs> uh, uh, you, you have the option. You know, I guess. You know what annoys me? What? When I'll try, I'll be using the browser on mm-hmm. my phone and I'll go to Reddit and then it pulls up the app instead. Oh, that's and so it annoying. it keeps telling you to do it. And there's been periods where I've had to do, like, I've been out, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll record everything and then I'll leave. And then I'll get a notification from, like, someone message me and be like, oh, hey, there was a, a typo in the, in the, the thumbnail or something or a typo in the, in the title. So I'll have to go in to the, to the, to make changes. But every time I go to the browser to try and log into the browser, it mm-hmm. pulls up the YouTube app. And then not the actual like mm-hmm. studio. So I have to, I had, I have to actually delete the YouTube app mm-hmm. because the apps all connect to each other. Exactly. The browser should be independent from other apps. If I'm in the browser and I need to pull up a site for a specific reason, and I, I can't remember mm-hmm. the specific reason, but I, th- I think it's because, um, the YouTube studio app mm-hmm. doesn't actually allow you to affect, I think, monetization. Mm-hmm. You have to go into the browser to do it, mm-hmm. but then the browser default pulls up the YouTube app, not even mm-hmm. the studio app, and then I can't go in. Mm-hmm. So I delete YouTube from my phone, log in, fix it, then reinstall You YouTube. might be able to fix that in settings and have it so it doesn't auto-default to the app. Yeah. I, I, ultimately, that's what I oh, good. ended up doing. Yeah. Something like that. Like, don't switch. Are mm-hmm. there... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Um, are there? Have you guys looked into setting up anything that allows you to mine cryptocurrency on your phone while it's active? The problem with that is, uh, I mean, we could, you know, give you the option to do that, but your phone is, uh, it, it doesn't have, it, this phone has a great processor, but for literal like Bitcoin mining, that takes like a huge amount of processing could power. Could you tap into a mesh network and be part of a, a group of nodes it, that we're mining i don't think the money would end up being worth it for you so yeah you could but i don't think it'd be worth it for you 500 bucks is steep man 
four ninety nine. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we give coupon codes fifty bucks off, and you people can pay monthly if they want to, um, and all that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, you know, you see the phone feels as good. I mean, you have a thousand dollar iPhones, even thirteen hundred dollar iPhones. We didn't want to like cheap out on, uh, in my opinion, the quality. You know, I'm I'm thinking about it because I'm like, I understand. You know, some of the arguments people make, they're like, dude, the A9 is cheap. And I'm like, if I wanted to buy the phone right now and I wanted to get someone without them having to worry about it, I want to get them a phone that's not being tracked, mm-hmm. that's got these, these, these apps that have been censored they can get access to. That's going to be hard for me to do. Like, like I'm thinking, you know, what if I were to just buy a hundred of these A9s mm-hmm. and then just go through them and then load up a new operating system? There, there'd have to be so much stuff you'd have to do to make sure it works and quality control. I probably won't be able to do that. I got to be honest. I think five hundred bucks sounds sounds steep, but I stand by what I was saying earlier that if 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 your device does what it says it does, and you're providing a service effectively, hardware mm-hmm. be damned. If it's a service that provides people with instant access to a clean operating system mm-hmm. that doesn't track them and, and provides them a way around censorship, mm-hmm. that's seriously that's, that's that's it's massive. Also, you're not using slave labor, right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's another thing is just yeah I mean to me I feel like the real story of this is that you know what like Apple like I always thought it'd be great if um if if some president had put sanctions on on the import of any goods made by slave labor because that would just shut down a lot of these big phone companies and and hold everything up because it's bad. Yeah, but then the American people would be like, why does my phone cost ten grand? <laughs> I mean, you know, I think well. Trust me, we, we make this phone what isn't, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to cost that much if, if you're not using, using that kind of labor and all that. I oh, mean, yeah. 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 I mean, Hong Kong is, is got problems right now, but I don't, uh, yeah. They're not, it, well, actually, I don't, I don't know for sure. Foxconn's not in Hong Kong. They're in, uh, they're in Taiwan. They're in Taiwan. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have, they have, they have stuff from <laughs> all bad. I mean, exactly. Wait, Foxconn is in Taiwan? I believe they're a Taiwanese company. Fact, fact check me. So, New York Times fact check me right now. Eric. Yeah. Isn't an iPhone like, a thousand dollars? Yeah, exactly. An iPhone is like Shenzhen. A thousand. I thought it was. Oh, Shenzhen. okay. You're right, Shenzhen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. where all the people are committing suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad because I was mess. like, I was like, I like Taiwan, you know, and all that. Yeah, and I was I, like, I think, no. Yeah, I okay, thought it was good. Shenzhen. Yeah, New York Times fact check me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with the phone at the operating system level, yeah, it's completely degoogled. You know, it has its own app store and all that, so you're not relying on the Google Play Store or anything. And uh, and we, you know, like you know, trying to sideload apps or all that for. I mean, the thing about this phone is a lot of just normal people that aren't aren't like yeah, trying to jailbreak their phones, root their right. phones, and all that got that. And then yeah, I mean, that's that's. It's just a huge problem that we're reliant on, in my opinion, anti-free speech hardware. I mean, it's ironic to me that Apple's motto used to be think different, and now they ban apps who think different. Um, Yep. And uh, uh, so, I mean, it's – or Google, which was do no evil, and then now there's company policy. They got rid of that motto and all that. And that's that's why I think, you know, like, uh, you know, we're a startup, but ultimately – and I I, I don't have, like, a PR team of, like, a thousand people like these people. Like, I'm just, you know, coming on this podcast, you know. Um, uh, you know, just trying to share the word. Um, but I mean, it's, 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 it's just, if we don't have our own hardware, in my opinion, we're screwed. It's the weirdest thing that people were like, it's saying it's a honeypot. Like, buying the phone is a trap. I'm like, what do you think your phone already does out of the box? It's a honeypot. Welcome to modern technology. Well, they wouldn't wouldn't attack me this much if it was. And then two, yeah, I mean, they've doxed my. Unless. They're trying to convince everyone you're on the level by attacking you, saying, see, look, they're attacking him. That must prove it. 
The double so, double so cross. The, the double, double yes, cross. Yes, the false flag, false flag, false flag. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, they, because of these articles and because of Will Summers' article, my mom got doxxed and all that, Whoa. and they're releasing. That is a coordinated harassment the, campaign from Will Summer. In, in my opinion, and uh, uh, and I mean. And, and it's just, I mean, luckily my mom's Scottish, so she's tough. Um, she, she was tough growing up, um, in, in the best way possible. Um, and, uh, uh, and they've talked to my mom, cause my mom, she worked on the, I mean, she's an incredibly smart woman and, and, and a great mother. Uh, she, uh, uh, she worked on the, um, uh, the Star Wars project under Reagan, um, and all that. And then, yeah, so they're trying to say, like, I'm this honeypot and all that just because my mom, you know, worked, worked on a project under the Reagan administration and all that and uh, I mean it's it's crazy honestly that that my mom has gone to I mean coming to the political world I almost like uh, I I mean I knew what was coming in the sense of of you know but I was so well liked by the left-wing media you know I was doing interviews with them and all that and I was fine I wanted to give it up because uh, for free speech and all that I mean it sounds cheesy but it's actually true um, and, uh, uh, but to me to see like, yeah, my mom get doxxed, you know, these people write fake articles, um, and, uh, for people that hadn't even touched the phone yet, I mean, it's, it's amazing when I think about how we got to this point, you know, I was talking about, I'm algorithm- still shell shocked, honestly, like- but you, you know, I was, I was talking about algorithmic uh, psychosis mm-hmm. and I want, I'm thinking about it from like their, the perspective of the psychopaths mm-hmm. and who live in the, in the mirror world in the, in the, in the, in the upside down or whatever. And, you know, how did, how did we come to this position of knowing computers, of no, like, how, look, we knew about Bitcoin in the early days. Most people didn't even find out about Bitcoin until like 2016 or something. And I'm like, I was on the internet as long as I can remember. My family had CompuServe on DOS, mm-hmm. you know, and then, so then we got Windows 3.1, we had AOL. I've always had access to the internet to learn and read whatever I wanted. And I guess that makes, uh, uh it makes you a deviant because you have access to the summation of human knowledge or so, so much knowledge at the time. Regular people, other millennials, didn't get the internet until they were teenagers. So they didn't necessarily grow up with it as heavily. Like I was programming stuff. I was doing video games. I was, I was doing flash animations and flash websites when I was like 12 or 13. That's amazing. Yeah. I built my first computer when I was like seven. So here I am with all the access to this information, totally independent. These other people don't. And I think that that might be where this like hard bifurcation starts. Mm-hmm. The people who are internet savvy, who understand the rules of the internet, don't argue with trolls. It means they win. But then you get these other kids who aren't internet savvy and they're just watching nothing but this horror content. And so they become insane and we become discerning. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm-hmm. And then you it's get tough a clash. to say because me and Eric are both, we're like almost different generations. I'm 42, you're 22. 22 yeah, wow, so 20 like, years apart. That's crazy. We're both internet dudes. Like I didn't get internet until I was 16, mm-hmm. AOL, but... I'm so still what year like, was that? 1996 or four or five or something. 1994, I think. What year were you born? 79. 79. 79. Yeah, so right, right around there. You look like a product of the 70s. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> just barely. But it's the critical thinking skills, and I don't know if it matters when you were born if you're going to have critical thinking skills. Realizing what you see isn't necessarily like if you see something a thousand times, that doesn't mean that it happened a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What do you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that there's two, um, 
different universes that exist. Yeah, it seems like there that. are people who live in the paranoid. You know, it's really funny. Uh, there's this very, very high profile podcaster who apparently um, said that I was one of these people who li- who's too too online, and uh, you know, like oh, there's these these people they're just too online and they live in this world, and I'm like. The people on the left who believe in all of this algorithmic psychosis and are completely unaware of it, they're the people who are too online. Mm-hmm. The people who believe that Donald Trump was a Russian agent, mm-hmm. that's because of the two online people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm afraid that it's their lack of critical thinking skills. And if they just watched a lot of like violent action movies, they'd, they'd think that that was normal, too. They're, they've, they, they've been how – do you, how do you tell someone who's spent 15 years – of their 25-year life, that everything they've seen and experienced on social media as they were growing up and learned was wrong. You encourage them to take psilocybin. Here's, a, here's an example. The only way. <laughs> Imagine you're in an aircraft hangar. Massive. We're talking like 50, 80,000 square feet. This massive aircraft hangar. And we're all looking around at stuff, constantly walking over and asking, what's that? Ooh, that's interesting. And these people are in the corner staring at just the, the corner of the room pointing thinking that's reality it's almost like the allegory of the uh, of the, the shadows in the cave yeah. The cave, yeah 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 that they've been sitting in this cave seeing nothing but police brutality shadow puppets and so when you're at, at the door of the cave yelling that's not real life mm-hmm. they're like you're crazy these people are conspiracy theorists it's a rabbit hole you know it's like what, what i can't remember the exact quote from breitbart about walking towards the fire mm-hmm. but uh you know people think I can't remember the exact quote but someone said to me something similar so it might not be Breitbart that people are scared to walk towards the fire because they think they'll get burned but on the other side is freedom and you know you, you walk past it and then everything's normal and you're fine mm-hmm. these people are trapped in the cave man. yeah because mm-hmm. the shadows on the wall it is real life it's just one tiny fragment of real life right exactly so they're living in this paranoid delusional state they, they, they look look at what they say when they're like when they say when they say things like police are hunting black people jeez you, we know that's not real, but imagine you're 18 mm-hmm. and you were eight years old and you had no, no life experience. You were playing hopscotch. Mm-hmm. A few years later, you get on Facebook for the first time. And what do you see? Remember that book we had with, um, Azra? Uh, oh, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The CRT book. You it was the do. book where the little kid was like seeing a video on the internet, like eight year old kid. And then, and then saying like, mommy, what's this? And the mom's like, no, don't watch this. And then the little girl finally snaps one day like, I know the truth about what the police are doing. It's because people realize you'll make money off of police brutality videos. Hmm. Oh, I think I figured out how to get through to these people or maybe something that can help is my mom. I used to play video games a lot. My mom would be like, it's not real. This isn't real. This isn't. And, but what she didn't realize is if she just told me this is real, but there's more. Look, these are also things that are real. So acknowledge that what I was doing is real. Like if I'm playing a video game and it's a character and a story in my mind, that is reality. It's just a, a fragment of this greater reality. So if you acknowledge like critical race, all these theories and things, yeah, they are real. They're, they are valid concepts, but there's more. There's a, there's a meme where it's like there's this guy playing video games. And then his dad walks in and he goes, hey, do you want to play this cool new game? Basically, you have to go on adventures. You try and raise money to buy certain to – to buy artifacts and items to improve your character's stats, become better equipped, stronger, and faster. Make friends. And then and he's like, yeah, you make friends along the way. And the dude's like, wow, sounds awesome. And then he shoves him out the door and he's like, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's life, dude. It's funny. Life imitates art and all that stuff, you know? 
Shall we read Super Chats? Yes. I Let's go. To. It's time. Let's read all the Super Chats if you haven't already. Give that uh, like button a little tap. Subscribe to this channel and become a member at TimCast.com so that we can hire more and more and more journalists. The next person we're going to hire is probably the uh, fact checker. Mm-hmm. And their whole job is going to be just to read the website and then yell at us. Yeah. And then they're going to it's going they're, they're going to have like an uh, uh, is it going to be New York Times fact check level though? It's going to be like No. So I'm I'm we're going to we're going to be like so strict with our fact checking. Good. Like not even just checking facts, but also checking framing. Mm-hmm. Like if someone says, you know, Ian is is uh Ian Ian Crossland comma the absurdly skinny co-host from Timcast IRL, comma, we'd be like absurdly skinny. That's that's poor framing. We got to, you know, you, that's you, opinion. you can call him skinny, I guess, but mm-hmm. absurdly like we don't need those adjectives in these. Mm-hmm. So I actually had an email. Someone emailed me saying they were upset about an article, not upset, but they're like, hey, this article is like really loaded. And I went and saw it. And I was like, oh, geez. And I had to go and I, I went in and immediately issued a correction like none of that loaded garbage. So we're mm-hmm. actually um, planning on covering a lot of the election invest uh, audits and stuff like that. And uh, so we're going to have like the statements from the Democrats and what they've been saying about a statement from the Republicans. But we're not going to play stupid games with framing and adjectives. We're going to be like, here's what they're saying. Here's what they're saying. You decide. Let's read these super chats. Give them to me. All right. Let's see. The curly Afro says for women being drafted proved they're a separate separated lightweight, quick moving force. Integrated forces is horrible idea for reasons. As a former FMF hospital corpsman, third class. Sexual assault is a giant issue and problem in the military for both genders. It is, yeah. Wow. Velvet Schwinkter says, Freedom Phone is as good of a phone as Linwood is a lawyer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's hilarious, honestly. The Dashing Rogue says, Is the Freedom Phone the Umidigi A9 Pro? I believe it's actually just the Umidigi A9 or comparable to. That's the specs that I pulled up. Uh, we have slightly different specs. You can look at the specs on freedomphone.com, and there's a specs button right in the nav bar. So feel free to look at it. It's a custom phone, um, and that has different parts, but no. And, and, and obviously the different operating system as well. They say, I read your company's privacy policy, and I'm wondering if you sell your company, where does my data go? Where does our data go? So, yeah, I mean, all that we do in our privacy policy is we say, hey, we track uh, 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 just your name and your address if you buy a phone, and that's it. So... Uh, if, uh, if you want to do like a return and one, I don't want to sell. And then two, uh, uh, even if somehow, you know, that happened and one, I, I really don't think I will. Um, even if somehow that happened, uh, you know, it would just be your name and the address if there's like a return or something. And those are all kept private. All right. Warframe for the win says, does the freedom phone have physical hardware switches like the pine phone and Librem five? Um, no, that's something we want to add. We feel very confident. Like you can literally go in at, at, you know, in your settings and in a much better way, just like literally turn things off. Uh, we want to be able to add that. Um, but I think the problem with those other phones, although I like, I like anyone doing honestly, uh, something, a secure phone. Uh, 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 it's, that's something we want to do, but yeah, the, the problem, we wanted to make a phone that was usable and, and calling that was one of the, the first things that when making a privacy security phone is that it was usable for a normal person. And I tried out all the privacy phones and a big problem was, although they were secure, so I love that. I love that part, but they just weren't usable. So that, that kind of, uh, ended up affecting the usability. And at the operating system level, we, we just feel so confident. But I think that's something we want to add in the few, maybe a freedom phone too. What was the problem with the usability with those? 
Um, it just ended up making it like super insanely bulky. Um, and that was a problem. Like and physically then, large? Yeah, physically large. So that was a problem on, on our side. And, uh, and it didn't really fit in the hand well. So we had like a bunch of prototypes at our design lab. Um, and, uh, so we ended up going with this option as the best option. We felt very confident that the operating system level security was good enough. Right on. And we're going to, oh, real quick, we're going to open source actually the operating system coming up as well. Cool. So that way people can look at it. Cool. Shepardin Studio says, hey guys, just joined TimCast.com today. Love the content. Are there any plans to be able to cast to Chromecast, etc.? We want to watch on TV. Yes. So there's only so much people can do. Uh, the website is launched. We're doing the bug checks now, making sure everything works because, you know, it's like you fix one bug and then 10 more pop up and then you're playing whack-a-mole for a bit. <laughs> then we're going to do the mobile app because we want to make sure people can listen to the show while their screen is off. And then we're going to be doing what's called OTT over the top. So that's like Roku players, Apple TV, Amazon, all that stuff. You'll be able to pull up the shows. So we're, we're heading in that direction. And we also are planning on doing more and more content. Right now, if you're a member, you get the members-only podcast episodes. Within the next week or so, we're going to have a new show, which is going to be, I just call it like mysteries and spooky stories. But you'll see the launch, and we're, we're working on the graphics and the, and the branding and all that stuff. All right, let's see. Jonathan Duger says, not naming that other production when confronted about it is not a good look. And it seemed like a deflection. Seems a little shady. Referring to the factory, the other factory. I'll literally know. post on the website after this. It's just, uh, it's just in a name I can't pronounce. Like, uh. it's literally that. And we just add, <laughs> you know, so I, like, it sounds shady. It's like, I can't say the Asian word. I can't say it. So I feel like, I feel like that's it. I'll put it up on the website for anyone that's concerned. So. I guess uh, I guess I I guess I have a little bit of an ego. I don't like looking stupid. But you should write it on a card and just like hold it up. Write a card, yeah. Lua Coder says, Tim, there are certain Samsung phones that are bootloader locked, and you cannot install custom operating systems. Some people are stuck with that. Yes, I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Brenton Dean says, this phone comes out right after the story of intelligence agencies making and distributing the same type of ghost phones to a crime ring. And this is being sold as the perfect phone for dissidents, not suspect at all. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to like this weird, I mean, that's why it's just overall, it's been weird to, I guess, uh, weird and amazing to get in, a, in my opinion, the political realm. Like, yeah, just like people accusing my mom of, of, you know, basically being deep state and helping me with this. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that, that it's weird to experience because I don't think that they would be attacking me this hard. And I guess, again, you're right. Maybe there's, you know, it's a double cross or whatever, but I mean, I like, I, <laughs> I'm funding this whole thing myself. So I have like no other investors, no anything. I mean, the CIA literally has a venture arm and all wow. that, which is uh, not a lot of people know that. know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I, 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 uh, I, I would be living a much better life, I feel, if they were, if they were supportive of me. Um, not, and I would never accept that. I just gotta shout this out right now. Someone's, uh, Soleil Cucumber Lime says, if you use Brave Browser, there is a setting to allow video playback in the background, aka this with a screen off. Oh. We did mention that before. Someone super chatted this. I use the Brave Browser for everything. Brave is amazing. Yeah. Brave is that on your phone? That's the default browser on the phone. Use Brave is. Yeah. Hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah, Brave Brave is the default browser. DuckDuckGo default search engine. It's right on the home screen. Perfect. I love Brave. Yeah. Oscar Oliu says, Eric, if you want people to trust you, you need to release the source code for Freedom OS and have it available for compiling. Ian, would you say 
free the code. I would like to free the code. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the goal is is to be able. So you know, yeah, we want to like like I said earlier, we're going to be open sourcing the uh, the operating system code on this, and then yeah, I mean, if you want to be able to uh, not even go through us, you know, and all that, and uh, uh, and get your own, you know install it yourself and go through that difficult process you know you can do that for free oh so you, you know? could you, you're gonna open, well that's the plan freedom OS, yeah yeah, take and yeah and people can just take it and do it i mean to me this the phone is just about making it easy for people so it's right. all in one device so you don't have to be good at you know have have you looked at um using like an mit license like a copy left license so that if people take the code and change it those c- changes have to remain free also uh, oh that's a good idea actually we should do that for that because to me that would be the most important thing is that you know people weren't you know that way they can make it, it just continues on. Zanroff says the spec site says it uses Freedom OS. Mm-hmm. But when I Google what that is, I get a logo that looks similar to the red salute. That's troublesome at face value. Am I missing something? Yeah, that's a different um, uh, operating system. I think that's I think that's Linux based um, and all that. But yeah, I mean, that's just a different one. That's, I believe, open source as well um, and all that. And then, yeah, it has the red fist. Um, ours is a blue shield on a phone. Mm. It's really interesting. Uh, there's a lot of super chats as I'm scrolling through that you literally just answered. Like, Yay God says, can we jailbreak our own Android phones and flash your custom ROM and effectively do the same thing with our existing phones? And That's the plan. And hopefully for, you know, when we release this. I mean, we just want to get this out there. And then, yeah, I guess there's maybe been some marketing greenness, uh, if you will. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, pe- people sent us a lot of requests like, hey, can you open source this? And be like, yeah, th- I mean, the goal is to be able to have anyone be, you know, have the ability to flash, uh, you know, to be able to be secure and have all that. I mean, we incorporate a lot of stuff at the, uh, you know, kind of that hardware software marriage on our own phone. But, yeah, I mean, the goal is to be able where if you want to be able to uh, flash on, if you're tech, if you have the technical know how to flash it on your phone, you can do that for free. That's the plan. Qui-Gon says, Kevin Smith lied, He-Man died, F Hollywood. Well, I, I haven't watched the new Master of the Universe, but I guess people are like saying like he ruined, they, Kevin yeah. Smith ruined it. Apparently Tila is the sorceress of Grayskull. That's like what the is, female lead character. She was kind of like a side character in the original He-Man, but now apparently she's like one of the What does that roles. mean? That means like she has the power now? I don't know. I didn't look into it. It just it looked so weird. Mm-hmm. Like He-Man's the beast. He is. Prince Adam. I love He-Man. You look like Prince Adam. Yeah, honestly, it's been interesting because, uh, uh, you know, I remember I did a, uh, back when I was liked by the left-wing media, I did a, a New York Magazine thing, and then they made me look so nerd, they made me look so nerdy, they comb my hair to the side, maybe button up my shirt, and look like a total nerd, um, and all I that. Would, and I, I guess I am a nerd at heart. I went to a, a, a photo shoot once for Spin Magazine. And they wanted me to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And the first, th- and the first thing was like, okay, now take off the beanie. And I was like, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not doing no, that. No, it's the look. Yeah. And then she was like, you have to. We're not doing the shoot. And I was like, I stood up, grabbed my bag, and I was like, all right. And I looked at my friend. I'm like, yeah, get the door. And then she was, wait, wait, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. She's like, but we're doing a shoot. And I'm like, that's staying on. And she was like, she goes, there's only one person I've ever let keep the hat on, and it's the edge, and you are not the edge. And then I was like, okay. And then I started walking towards the door again. She goes, fine. And then I went back and sat down. Modeling sucks, man. Yeah, I mean, like doing photo shoots. I know. They like, they they make your body in a weird pose. They're Mm -hmm. like, pull your back up, now twist your arm to the right, and like, Mm -hmm. then they put clips all over your back, and you're like, (laughs) <laughs> and then you make like now don't move for a minute and I'm like I can't breathe it's like the, it's painful if you can't breathe you it's, can't a, it's a job honestly it's a job it's, no, it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle it's crazy you gotta watch what you eat that's annoying <sighs> Mike, I can't do that here's a good one Mike Tatcha says piracy is small scale communism you take away the means of production from the original creator and give it to any idiot that can click a link it dilutes <laughs> the essence of the work 
Yeah. Interesting. I actually and, think communists should be mad about piracy, too. Like, if there is a dude and he's like, I have designed this this great image, and would you like to buy it? No. Picture, 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 picture. Now everyone has a version of it. And you're like, but I worked mm-hmm. so hard to make this. Mm. Do I? Am I not deserving of access to food? And, 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 and <laughs> well, people Hellos? copying your information doesn't mean you can't sell it. That's the that's the. How thing am I, I supposed need to, to understand? Value comes from the scarcity of, of the object. Yeah. No, no, not necessarily. Scarcity is involved in that, but also quality. So if somebody makes something and then everybody just has it, why would someone give him money? If everyone has it, that means it's probably a, a, something that needs to be commons. Like a, like a song. No, commons is in common license. Right? So like I write a song. Like common license. And then it took, it like took, it took what, like, it took us several months to make Will yeah. of the People. Right. So, and so for me, that was kind of just like, you know, a side project. I'm not worried about losing money on it. It was, it was expensive. We're not going to make a million bucks off or anything. But maybe there's a hope. Like, oh, maybe it'll sell. We'll make money. But we're in a new era, honestly. Like people listen to that on YouTube. But all of that work we put into that, if it was any other person, and they took off time uh, uh, from their like this is their job, and it's entertainment. People value it and they want it, and then everyone gets it for free. How does he get the money to buy the instruments? How does he get the money to, to pay for the recording process? Well, you how sell, does he do more? You sell the song <clears throat> for ninety nine cents a download. That doesn't mean it just because a million more people get it for free doesn't mean you're not going to be able to sell a bunch of more copies of the song. Well, that's a million it does, dollars. It literally does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but th- those people may not have bought it. You, they, in fact, usually when people copy things for free, it's because they can't afford things. And I and think that, that proliferating the information. There's a large percentage of people who would have bought it who don't. Maybe. You don't know. But I think proliferating the information. Mean, true, I think it that proliferating the, the information makes people more excited for that information. For the regular person. Who says, if it costs me 10 grand to work to produce this song, I at least need to make 10 grand back. And then everyone copies it and shares it online. And now the guy makes no money. His business ceases to exist. It actually happened with, uh, with Kickass. Kickass 3 got shut down because Kickass 2 got pirated so much that they said, we didn't recuperate our losses. We're not going to do another movie. It's not worth it. Nick Cage was in the first one, right? He was, he was in the first one. My understanding is mm-hmm. it didn't do well enough. It was like people liked it. Eh, we could do another one. The second one was like, people liked it, ah, but everybody pirated it. We didn't make enough money. We don't care to do it and again. And the movie sucked. So Kick-Ass 2 didn't suck. Well, you just said it was like, eh, that sucks. I'm talking about the revenue. I thought Kick-Ass 1 and 2 were awesome. I, I, think I would have loved to see part three. Like you the don't, problem is people pirated it, and then they didn't make enough money, so they didn't want to do it again. I, you don't want people to, to copy and sell your content. But it's not about selling. It's about... If if they're going to invest a hundred million dollars in a movie, they at least need to make a hundred million dollars. Now I know Hollywood plays dirty games with mm-hmm. how they calculate revenue and everything like that. But it, what happens is they go, "How much did we get back on this? <sighs> we got pirated like crazy, so people like it. They do, but we're not making money. Scrap it. Now I don't get to watch a movie I like because people didn't want to pay for it. I don't even think pirating things means that people like it. I don't like that word pirate because right. I liked it. the movie and people pirated it, so now I don't get to. Yeah, but them copying the the movie doesn't mean that they like the movie. They just want to what, see it. What does that have to do with anything? You just said that a hundred million people said, pirated I, it, so they like it. That doesn't mean I they like. like it. I didn't say that. I said I liked the movie, mm. and then people pirated it, so now I don't get to see the sequel. I think artists being able to make money is just is just really important. And I think, you know, I understand if people can't afford But then, you know, I feel like if the artist wants it to be avail- available for free, you know, that should be his choice rather than, rather than uh, uh, you know, just some guy. And, again, there's – I feel like a lot of it is just a lot of people trying to cheap out and 10% of it. it this this, this is a, a, inherently, like, 
I wouldn't even call this a leftist worldview because the left hates the idea of exploitation of the working class. This is just like what we're doing with the Fediverse project is an act of charity in a sense that I can uh, plan out funding for a project and people can donate their time to it to give something for free to a lot of people. But there's a lot of people, we've already had this conversation, who need to work full time to make this thing happen. Okay, I can and will provide funding to make sure we make the world a better place because I'm not worried about it. Timcast is successful. And that means, what are we going to do? We're, like, like I said, I don't want to buy a Ferrari. I want to make the Fediverse app so that people can live better lives and have their speech and their rights protected. Now, as for that person who's going to do the hard coding, he needs to eat food. He needs to actually have a house. I have to give him money to do it. What if he said, okay, I'm going to work on a project that's going to make everyone's lives lives a lot better, and he didn't have access to funding. Who's going to pay for it if everyone just takes the code and then rips it from him? How can he actually work 40 hours a week and then get nothing back for it because it's not stealing to take his hard work from him? This is one. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talking about you need a technical solution because people are going to copy information. It's never going to stop. Sure. It, the whole idea Great. of an it's artist wrong, being able happens. to make money it didn't exist until the 1920s until radio that's and not until, true at all you couldn't dude. you couldn't cap there was no mass media an, a, a singer musician would have to go play shows at an inn every night mu- to make dinner for and the that's night not about, they didn't, that, that's about they any rich. industry there that's were actors any, were not any industry i'm talking about entertainment that has nothing to do with it movies and tv digital art it's that it didn't exist 150 years ago it's new stealing art stealing architecture blueprints and and copying them and pasting them is the same thing no it's very different stealing someone's blueprints is very different than making a copy of of them what i'm literally talking about if someone designs a building and comes up with engineering practices and then people start copying it and sharing it all around and that guy doesn't get compensation for it he won't be able to keep innovating his career is done now, this, he will starve this, and he will lose his life the point you're making that i agree with is that if he's not getting co- if they're copying his art and then selling it and he's not getting compensated that's a problem that we need to put into the code you need to be able to follow where the data came from so that the original creator gets a portion of the sales and if there's no sales because they're just copying it, then what's the harm? The guy can't make more music. Well, it's up to the guy. It's not up to the people that are copying the information. Yeah, if the guy continues to make music, ports in front of his mouth. They weren't going to buy it anyway. They copied it because they couldn't buy it. Why are you assuming they were or weren't going to buy it? Clearly, some I'm people not, who like it would have bought. I it. I don't think either of us should assume that it would have been sold. Just because someone made a copy of it doesn't mean that they would have bought it. Revenues literally dropped when Napster came out. People actually saw revenues go down. Now, I don't care about multimillionaire celebrities, but when we're talking about a regular, hardworking person, you like his work, you want his work to continue, but then everyone just copies it instead of buying it, that's a problem. Yeah, but everyone does not copy instead of buy it. That's the situation. And People so, still buy stuff. So the stuff. revenues dropped, and we, we actually saw this for a lot of, a lot of people. I, I, dude, I have friends who lost their jobs. Around this time. Okay, the market's changing. Actors are severely overpaid. Musicians get paid millions. In the 90s, musicians were paid millions. Millions. That's ridiculous. My friend's like, I've produced this short film. I would like to show it to you. If I can get everyone to pay me a dollar to watch it, I can continue to do work. And they said, meh, I'll just digitally copy it. Yeah. 
You think that making a movie should make you a millionaire? I mean, you think that these actors should be getting $30 million for a movie? That's insanity. Ian, you are clearly getting triggered because what your argument is makes no sense. I'm telling you, you the, the reality of the world right now. And no, you, you're, you're just totally saying that, oh, no, they shouldn't do that. That shouldn't be. So let's say, make it illegal and punish people. Like, when did dude, I say that? You're saying that they shouldn't be able to make the I copies? Said, I what said it was wrong they went after those yeah, guys. It's wrong. Fines. Okay. I said when they gave that guy a massive fine, started going to people's houses, I said that was wrong. It was insane. It's like the 3D. We're talking like 3D printing we're talking guns. Like about it's a going very simple morality that piracy was destroying the, 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 the livelihoods of the people who made the work. No, it was maybe reducing their income, but it was not destroying their livelihoods. There are a lot of people who lost their jobs over this. Who? Friends I mean, of mine. Possibly. Not possibly. possibly literally people I know. Like the whole like industry I having, is changing, I remember dude. my friends Automation me, is – many people are going to lose their jobs because the automation is taking it away. And and you know, you know what's funny is that they already solved for this problem. You're defending something that doesn't exi- exist anymore for the most part. No, I'm trying to, fo- I'm trying to solve Amazon, for copying Paramount data. Amazon, Paramount Plus, Netflix, all of these services have solved for that problem and revenues came back. It was a bad thing that happened. My friend once sent me a video saying, please share this. And it was a PSA about like all the people who had lost their jobs in the industry, PAs, people making 12 bucks an hour because their studios were downsizing after they, they couldn't turn a profit on making short films yeah, anymore. because those studios were overblown. Look people, what we're doing right here in see, your house, See, this is the problem, dude. Ian. People seem to think that movies are only blockbusters. But see, I have friends who were PAs and worked mm. in the industry, and a lot of movies are actually low-budget short films. There is a massive amount of low low-cost dramas and comedies now that special effects is getting better, we're starting to see low-budget sci-fi and fantasy. And then, at the cream of the crop, the top of the top, what you see is Marvel movies. My friends were working on low-budget films that cost a hundred grand. They lost their jobs because these things would get posted online and then shared, and nobody would would, would want to pay for it, dude. That's that not, all got solved though. That's with not streaming because services. of digital. Sir, I mean, there's a hundred. <clears throat> how many more? movie makers are there now than there were 30 years ago because it's it's more accessible you can buy a three thousand dollar camera spend like four grand on audio equipment and make an incredible I I, we're, movie we're gonna move on because i don't yeah, think you're actually you're, you're arguing anything anymore ayabat says eric love the freedom phone you should consider preloading them with a zcash wallet i think you know what zcash is right yeah 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 i they love say zcash zcash is a cryptocurrency with the strongest privacy guarantees Ooh. also has encrypted messaging feature yeah, wow Z- really? Z- zcash shout out i'm a huge zcash <laughs> cool. fan um, Monero's good, but Zcash is, I, I love Zcash, um, and, uh, that's a great idea, actually. All right, let's see. The Raptor's Talent says, Ian, I get that you're trying to play devil's advocate. Stop it. You're trying to use nonsense to argue with facts. Piracy in the context of the internet is not simply theft of content, it is theft of income. By copy-pasting onto the internet, you are robbing them of their ability to make money. You're assuming that because someone made a copy that they would have bought it. That is an assumption. We know for a fact revenues went down, right? Yeah, some revenues. That means they did lose Metallica money, right? lost some of their hundreds of millions. Yeah, but, but ignore the fact that you know who Metallica is. You don't know who, like, Jimmy's Basement Barbecue Band also, is. Yeah, people lost income. It's also cheaper to make movies. So that's, that's, that's a non sequitur. It's equalizing. Yeah, so, it, so, you make less for your sales, and you spend less to make the thing. <clears throat> All right, let's read some more. Andrew Lance says, Freedom Phone Dude, please give me the hard sell. My iPhone is about to turn two, so the built-in obsolescence will come. Can you promise that my phone will still function well five years from now? 
Yeah, I mean, you uh, can. That's, that's. I feel confident about that. Your phone will last for five years, um, and all that. I mean, we make these phones to last. I mean, obviously, if you're throwing it in water or anything like that, <laughs> I mean, it's not. And then uh, we also have a very generous return policy as well. So I mean, oh. um, but yeah, I mean, these phones we make them to last for a long time because we know phones will will do it. But I mean, if you end up being really rough, if you're working in the <laughs> If you're trying to take it to space or something, yeah, it's not going to last. But yeah, I mean, it should last. Like, a, like I, I, I feel in my opinion this will last for five years. I mean, the hard sell on it is, um, is if you want a phone that uh, has all, like has its own app store, which has all the normal apps your normal phone has, plus banned ones as well. If you want a phone that cares about your privacy, cares about your security, and feel free to anyone that wants to, you know, test it out, feel free to do it. And we're going to be posting videos soon um, of the testing that we've done. We, we want to put like a top-notch hacker and, and just, I mean, we've done this internally, but actually publicly make like a whole video about it of them trying to get into this phone. And I'm sure this is what people are going to do when they <laughs> when the phone is, is, is shipped out to everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the hard set. I mean, we're just trying to challenge the Apple and Google duopoly here. All right. Weston Hecker says, does the phone have its own baseband software or modifications to the HAL hardware access layer, OTADM, or any other stuff aside from the custom OS? Uh, I, I should get my CTO on the phone because... <laughs> Because that's over my head. I hired a white hat white hat guy uh, that has been my friend for years, um, and he built this out. So we're going to be posting on a you know we're going to have freedomphone.com slash security that goes into literally all the things that we did on the security front. BlackRock Beacon says algorithmic psychosis is an availability cascade driven by confirmation bias and virtue signaling, reinforced by gamification or human interaction. Well, there you go. All right. What is this? Logan Culver says, Tim, how many of the normal chats are from bots? LOL. I don't know. Uh, we, we made it so that you got to be a subscriber to use the chat, though. And a lot of people were like, I don't like that. And I'm like, too bad. If you're not subscribed to the channel, like, why are you? We, we, you know, I don't understand what the issue is. Like, you come to the show and watch. The point of the subscriber chat was to get rid of a lot of the spam. Because mm-hmm. spam bots come in, don't subscribe. And then so I was like, OK, that solves that. Easy, right? Crazy. All right. Let's see. Daniel Nelson says, sign me up. Having my browser redirected to apartment.com repeatedly of my exact location when trying to send a political message was my wake-up call. Not cool. Leave U.S. citizens alone. Well, there you go. All right, let's see. Sewer Turd says, can the phone be picked up in person to avoid possible tampering and route by a third party? Right now, we ship it to you, and we uh, uh, we put a little tracker um, uh, to make sure it got got to you and all that. Um, not a tracker on the phone, but just like uh, we put on the outside of the box, so that way you make sure that there's thing. And then we've got a seal as well, so that way if anyone has opened the phone, you would know by the time it gets there. And then, man, I'll tell you this: I've had more than enough of my uh, of my time at the Tamper uh, Evident Village in DefCon to mm-hmm. know how to get past those seals. You know, that's true. Have you ever have you ever been there? Uh, DefCon, yeah, I've been once. You get like the little steamer thing, and then you steam the sticker and the tu- and you get the tweezers and you peel the sticker back and you can pop it right open, go inside, and then close it and put the tamper evident thing back. And we also put it in in, a, in its own case as well, so it comes like on this one. I don't have it on. The, this is just what I bring around to show people. I I got an idea. Mm-hmm. Have people send you their fingerprints. Then you can preload the fingerprint so only they can open it. That's perfectly safe. Well, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to have to have people submit their fingerprints. I'm kidding. All yeah, that. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. All right, let's see. There was just a uh, super chat that jumped away from me. Let's try and find it. Smokey says, "Anyone who thinks these phones can't be tracked is an idiot. Anything with an electronic signature can be tracked." 
we put the operating system level and it it, it, it turns it off at the hardware level. Um, uh, where we put the option as a, a button, a virtual button to be able to turn it off and it really does turn it off on the phone. Um, everything and out of the box, like so many phones, they, they come with like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth already on and that's one of the vulnerabilities that, that people can kind of get into your phone with. So we make sure it, it turns all of those things off, um, when you get it. W Couch says, does Freedom Phone support right to repair and can I change my own battery? Can you change your own battery? I mean, yeah, you're welcome to, uh, it's, if you're, in our in our in our in our policy, you're, yeah, you have totally the ability to uh, uh, repair it on your own. Um, the battery is in there um, and all that. So if you want your like your battery, uh, if it's a problem, you'd have to ship it to us. Um, but I mean, if you're able to figure that out on your own, that's totally it. Doesn't break our warranty policy. All right. Yeah, if you break, you know. Player, uh, player FDW says, question for Eric. Mm-hmm. If this has been asked before, I apologize. Will there be a less pricey version of the Freedom Phone? 500 is a bit steep for some. Uh, well, you can get, uh, uh, any coupon code online, 50 bucks. I don't want to like plug it here to, you know, or anything. But yeah, so you, it's pretty easy if you, if you can go anywhere, you can pretty much get 50 bucks off and, and look it up and that makes it 449, which Poso. is a little bit better. Is that one of the codes? Uh, yeah, Poso is one of the codes <laughs> and all I that. Knew so it. if you, uh, I bought, I bought, I bought the slippers from my pillow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They and I was like, you know, considering the smear pieces, I'm like, I bet Poso is one of the codes. Yeah, and <laughs> was it? Is Poso? Yeah, Poso. Oh, oh, for, for like the, the pillows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Poso is one of the codes. You can <laughs> That's use hilarious. Poso, Candice, you know, any, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, you can use and there's we have a lot of codes. So you really can get it for four forty nine. Um, if, uh, if you just use any of those codes and, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, the goal is, is to, you know, be able to, the more that, the more sales that we can get, the more we can get the parts cheaper as well. So, um, yeah, we hope to make it cheaper and we've been growing at a great rate. So we think we can, um, but you know, it might be a sec. Oh, apparently I think we have the, let me see if I can fix this. Someone said the description is the wrong link. No, it looks good. That's right. Freedomphone.com? Freedomphone.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that time. Freedomphone.com. That is the correct link. And what's the other one? There's another one people are mentioning? Yeah, there's like, I think like a freedom.phones.net or something. That's a different thing. Okay. So it's just freedomphone.com. Okay. All right. Jay Dubsky says, Eric, check out Rob Braxman. He's a tech expert Mm -hmm. against tracking and censorship. I would love to see a review of your phone on his YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to review unit, tell him to reach out to us. Rob Big Mac Attack says, hey, Tim, I'd like to be able to pay for an MP3 version of your Will of the People song. Tongue clicks. Do you know the way? In the description of the of the video, Will of the People on YouTube is a link to Bandcamp where you can get the full high quality MP3. And uh, you may notice that the video version has some sound effects that the MP3 version does not. But it is, I believe, on Spotify, iTunes. It should be on iTunes. I think you can buy it on iTunes. I'm not sure, but it's like everywhere. And we, uh, we've got uh, someone here who may be our new composer, yeah. which means likely going to be recording a lot more music and uh, should be a lot of fun. I got a million and one songs that need to be recorded. Stoked. Whoa, what's this? Seth Essington says, Ian is making me extremely angry. I'm about to punch my monitor. Don't do it. Don't do it, Seth. <laughs> Don't do Don't it. Too expensive. I'm very passionate about data transfer. <laughs> Wyatt Caldenberg says, Ian, if a farmer grows corn and everyone steals his corn, the farmer will stop growing corn. Yeah, it's called theft. So what are people consuming when someone makes music? What, what are people consuming when a farmer grows corn? You say they're eating his corn? They're consuming they're, the corn. They're consuming the corn. Yeah, they're destroying what, and what, eating the corn. What is a person consuming when someone plays a song? Nothing. They're not consuming anything. No, they're just listening. 
that, that that's consumption. No, it's a vibration in your ear. There's no consumption going on. So consumption is just a you're 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 playing semantics. A consumption right? involves destruction of the product. Not no, like yeah. you're playing semantics. Well, okay, bro. give me an idea of something that you consume that isn't destroyed. The beef, the beef. A movie right now. You don't a consume song? a movie. Come on, consumers. You're go misusing to the, the word consume. So what do you call so like? Uh, so we we say like, we, absorbers. Sure. Like AMC refers to the customers understanders. As <laughs> call them consumers. Listeners. You're so desperate. How about listener? To like somehow finagle. How some about kind the of difference between listening argument? to a song and eating a piece of food is extremely different. Yannette Santana says, "Can Ian move to Cuba?" I don't think I could legally, right? Adam Griffin says, "Intellectual property, Ian. Code is also intellectual property. I know it's straight communist for the state to steal someone's work to distribute it to the masses." Yeah, I would never encourage the state to steal someone's product and distribute it. Smokey says, Ian is a straight-up socialist. Look, <laughs> copyright law was made by Queen Elizabeth to prevent people from making copies of the Bob. She wanted control of the information. X-Runner says, Ian loves blockchain but hates NFT. Are you not an NFT guy? No, I love NFTs. Oh, okay. I was, I was about to say. But you can't copy it. Full of nonsense. Non-fungible. All right, let's see. We'll just do uh, – we'll, we'll get a couple more in here because we're getting to the bottom. Thomas Conservative says, sensor proof is great, but what about when you want to be tracked? Having an alibi for your location can sometimes be useful if cops come a-knocking. Well, I'll, I'll respond to that right away just saying just get a receipt for your donut. There you, there go. you go. Yeah, Yeah, I use my credit card, you know, even if I don't need something just every once in a while just so that way you can get a little paper trail of yourself. Here. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, you have the option if you, uh, you want to turn that manual – some, some tracking site like if you know if you want to use gps you have the option to turn that on if you want yeah exactly you know and then if there's even uh uh if you want an option to download an app although we silo it and all that you you know we're not going to ban you from using facebook um you're welcome to although i discourage it and you'll get a warning uh uh when you download it and we silo it so it is more secure than using it another phone but you know what you do if you're scrolling on facebook um facebook will see that if you're using that app but they won't see or be able to do anything on the rest of your phone like you know listen or anything good good all right let's see um hank trey says i need a shout out for my shout out my cat he passed away a week ago oh, and no. i miss him dearly rip louie louie sad sad to hear it buddy sorry rip louie F. I had no. a cat. I, I that was my favorite pet. I I have I love dogs, love them, but I had a cat, and she was she was like a dog, and she was so sweet. Danine S says, Ian, if nobody pays for art, the artist will be forced to make a living by other means and won't be able to make as much art. Well, if you're making art for anything other than the love of art, then you're doing it wrong. So artists shouldn't be allowed to have like food and a shelter. What do you mean allowed? Of course so, they're allowed. So if there's an artist and they're like, I would like to paint a picture. They don't but deserve it, it, if that's what you mean. You don't deserve things in life. You have to earn them. Well, so if someone does art to make if, money. You yeah, know? yeah, but art is not a profit thing. It's 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 art is, is a it's But it's a, the ability to do more. Like we live, you know, it's the ability did, to make more art, right? If, if someone to wants to buy more canvases and, yeah. and buy more painting material and be able to have, you know, so rather than it, I mean, I think the goal is always to have art be a full-time job if you're really into that. Not a full-time job, but something that you can do full-time. If you can control the flow, the output of the flow of your data, then you can profit off of it. But once you lose control of that flow. You live in a dark world, Ian. It's real. It's called reality. Welcome. No. In my world, people just come to agreements on how to make sure someone who produces art can live a, a beautiful life. But in your version of reality, just because the possibility exists, artists should have to work other jobs and do art on the side. My middle name's Art, dude. I think that uh, G Prime 85 over here with these beautiful pictures of Joe Biden eating children should be allowed to be compensated. And you know what? I paid him for the art. 
Yeah, but now a million people are watching this show and seeing that art for free, and he's not making money but on they it. They don't have it on But it's walls. making him more famous, and it's making people want to buy them more. Yeah, so some people are the 1% of artists, and they can make tons of money off of people displaying their art because it's so good. But what about somebody who just draws, like, you know, a landscape? And that one's, you can't see that one. It's not even on the camera. Should that person just be like, well, it's for the love. I'm going to work 40 hours to make this, but I should not get paid. Well, you're talking about making art. It's a fun job. Um, you know, they used to have patrons like Leonardo da Vinci or these people. They would Michelangelo. They would have to find someone to fund them to make their art. But I think an artist shouldn't have to have a sugar daddy or anything to be able to produce things. But this whole should and shouldn't thing and what people deserve is like, I don't like that conversation. You earn what you're, you're worth. You know, like reality dictates. People shouldn't steal corn. The whole should I don't like this whole should and people can thing. steal corn. You can walk right up to a farm and just take it all. Well, no joke it, because the farm is so massive. Like there's one farm not too far from it. it's a hundred acre apple orchard. Anybody can walk in and just take the apples. Yeah, well, if you have a warlord hoarding everyone's corn and they have to go steal it from the warlord to survive, and you then made yeah. that up. It has nothing to do with the local farm. You just that said makes people apples. shouldn't steal corn. They should not. What if there's a warlord that has taken all the corn and now people <laughs> have to steal it from them to survive? Ian, you are so desperate for this argument. There's we no are, bl- that, we are talking about white. a farmer who grows corn, and people can just walk up and take it. And you said we, that we shouldn't talk about should or shouldn't. No, people shouldn't take his corn. People yeah, should pay for it. People should pay for the art. And there you go. Just because we found out a way to, to duplicate things on the online doesn't mean people should not have to pay for it. Hey, man, I want to code a solution. This is the whole point. I think. No, that, I think they did. I think streaming services have solved the problem. But nah, we'll, we'll, you we'll, make like .001 cent every time someone listens to it. It's not, not really a solution. Spotify makes, makes way more money on those artists. I think it is. It's better than free, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you, you could argue You're, you're adapting that, to an existing market. I would like to see the, the user dictate the sale amount. Like I would like to see people be like, Spotify, you're going to pay me. If you want to, but I don't know. They people do want to get their art seen and heard too. So it's. But I think that then we're in agreement then because I think the artist should be getting paid what they deserve for their art. But what what is what is that like? If you make a, a hundred million copies for free, then what are those copies really worth? A hundred millionth of what the original was worth. I mean, if they're free, they're they're free. Yeah, like now you can proliferate data. Back in the day, you could make play a song and that was it. Mm-hmm. You had to pay money to go listen to that. Now you can make a hundred trillion copies of it at the cost of next to nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I, are the and value so of those copies also one hundred trillionth of the? Here's yeah, the probably. Thing. When people would buy an MP3, you would get a dollar for the MP3 and their right to listen to that song whenever they wanted. Now, when I listen to a song on on say Spotify or Pandora, each listen has a value to it. So it's instead of just one transaction, it's a prolonged transaction. The more people listen to your music, the more money you make. That's solving for that problem. Because now I don't got to worry about buying. I can literally pull up Spotify because I have a subscription and just pick up whatever song I want. And then I can listen to it and don't got to worry about it. And it's easier than, than, than finding some torrent website to download an album. I remember back in the day with like Kazaa and LimeWire, you'd see like, you know, I'd be like, oh, bad religion. And then you'd click it and it would be Metallica or something. I'd be like, this is dumb. Or, you know, it was my favorite people who would name files after their own, like they would upload their own band, hoping that like calling it Metallica would get me to listen to their band. That's hilarious. Anyway, my friends, it's been a, (laughs) it's been a blast of Friday night. Thanks so much for hanging out and for all the super chats and the likes, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Friday is a chill day. Uh, so make sure you go to TimCast.com, become a member. 
Members only segments go up Monday through Thursday, but we're going to be adding more and more shows. So, so hang tight because once we get these next two, three shows, the D and D show is going to be happening. We're having those people, we're having some D and D people come out, not this weekend, but the next weekend. Yeah. And then we're going to have a show, which is like D and D adventures, but based on real world political events wow. to see how people react to certain situations. It'll be a whole lot of fun. It would be fun to get a socialist and like an ANCAP and then be like, there's an economic crisis in the dwarf city or whatever and like see how they respond and like <laughs> I choose to do this. It'll be fun. It'll be hilarious. It'll be like hanging out with your friends and, and having a good time. So uh, you can also follow us at Timcast IRL on Facebook and Instagram at Timcast underscore IRL on TikTok and you can follow me personally at Timcast. Do you want to uh, shout out your social media or anything else, Eric? Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow me for Ooh. updates, it's just at Eric Finman, E-R-I-K-F-I-N-M-A-N. Uh, if you want to check out the Freedom Phone, it's just freedomphone.com. People keep saying Ian is stealing our core. <laughs> Dude, Eric, thank you so much for coming, man. Thanks for building this too. Yeah, thank Corny. you. And and feel free. I want people to check it out, tear it apart, and see how good it is because that's that's the plan. And and thank you so much for just having me on, Ian and Tim. Oh, and everybody. Uh, you guys follow me, iancrossland.net. I love corn. You know what's really funny? You're stealing it. The the super chats are people saying Ian's wrong. That's what people are paying. And then in the chat, which is free, free. everyone's saying Ian's right. Oh, interesting. Dude, this is, <laughs> reality is changing. We have to adopt. We have to adapt, I guess. The 1% coming out in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am very <laughs> glad to have Eric. This is a really fun conversation. I don't really enjoy all the arguing, but I'm glad it happens. And I'm glad that we have free speech to do it. Exactly. And you guys can follow me at Sour Patch Lids on Twitter as I attempt to gain more followers than Sour Patch Kids. Don't follow them. Follow me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Head over to youtube.com slash cast castle. We're going to have an episode of the vlog up tomorrow at nine. The, the vlog crew is expanding and we're hoping to soon be moving into daily vlogs. We'll see if we can get there. We'll make it work. I mean, we're a busy company, but the more people who are here, the more the crazier things get. And then you'll also see some of the behind the scenes stuff when like the guests arrive and it'll be, it'll be fun and silly. So uh, again, it's youtube.com slash cast castle at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Thanks for hanging out. And Ian was wrong. We'll see you all next time. <laughs> Bye guys. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.